Welcome. Welcome. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I got this. Okay. Ah, I got it. Okay. Ah. I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Why don't you follow me down to the brewery? I'll tie a bowling ball to my ankle, dive in the vat of beer. I'll leave this world the same way I entered my marriage. Dead drunk! Hello? Want a beer? Hook it up! Hook it up! Hook Hook me up! You heard, take it from the top. One, two. Beer? This is how we do it. My mic sound nice, check one. My mic sound nice, check two. My mic sound nice, check three. I remember when I had my first beer. You like parties? Yeah. We can invite all our friends and have soda and pie. Yeah. I hope no bad My mic sounds nice. Check one. My mic sounds nice. Check two. My mic sounds nice. Check three. My mic sounds nice. Check four. My mic sounds nice. Check five. My mic sounds nice. Check six. Are you ready? You want some of this milk? Rather have a beer. You guys give me if I kill that bird. Harvard, that's a bald eagle. Get a wig, baldy! Yeah! Oh! What up? What up? What up? This is the word of my Pika Steve, my Pika Steve, my Pete and Steve. Gumtrader.com live here on Facebook, on YouTube, and on our home station, as always, Gumtrader.com. Don't give us a call at 516-465-3990 or 516-513-0515. You won't reach us. We're not in studio as usual as per the last three months. But thanks a lot for everyone for joining us. Again, uh, go over to uh, Facebook and YouTube or our home base and uh, check out all of our podcasts on GovsRadio.com. We are part of a much bigger network of other awesome shows and uh, we got some big things coming up for Gubs Radio, so uh, stay tuned over the next few months for those. Let's get into some uh, sponsorships really quick. We have one of our sponsors again here today, Nick from Rosie's Draft Solutions. He's up there in the uh, Brady Bunch format. He's over to my right, I guess, if you want to call up. He's uh, what? He's Mar- not Marsha. Uh, Jan? He's Jan. <laughs> he is Jan tonight. Know that. Paul, you're Alice. Don't laugh it up yet. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tonight, we are sponsored by VintageBeerShirtClub.com. Go to VintageBeerShirt.com for all of your vintage beer shirt needs. has a lot of cool old-school beer labels and logos. And, yes, they are all licensed. I found that out um, because I was doing copyright law with my students this week and uh, looked into some of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, he's got the licensing for all those old logos. So go to VintageBeerShirtClub.com and get your vintage beer shirt today. We are also sponsored by... Brewers Hardware, our buddy Will, uh, like I said last time, uh, re-upped and 
has sent us out some really cool stuff to give away to our guests. And um, we're going to continue with them. They're awesome and they do great things. Go to Brewers Hardware for all your hardware needs. Uh, you know, stuff for your tanks and stuff for your bright tanks and your tubing and all that other good stuff. So brewershardware.com. Check it out. We're also sponsored by Brewbag. Our buddy Scott from Brewbag sent out our Brewbag set. It will be here tomorrow. Nice. I, bought, I bought mine Did on you? Saturday. Nice. Yes. Yeah, he's backlogged, he told me. But I, he said, I'll try to get yours out ASAP. So Harrison Ford is here. We're getting our Brewbag, and we will be taking pictures with that um, very, very soon. Thanks a lot for Scott and Brewbag. Go to brewbag.com. Or better yet, what you should do is go over to our Instagram. We have now uh, linked the work site to Brewbag. So our Brewbag site for our promo code is there. Did you follow it, Steve? Yes, I did. Yeah, it's not that very hard to go into our link tree and just go in there and do it. And so the discount to, is right in there as soon as you, yep. you put in your info. Yeah, it's all built to the site, so that's awesome. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you go to Brewbag. Uh, I think it's Brewbag something.com, Brewbaginc.com, whatever it is. Or just go through our link on our social media and you'll find it and get yours today. Thanks again, Scott, for uh, coming on board with us. Also, Tavor. Go to Tavor for your beer shipped to your door. Tavor.com. Type in the promo code WART to receive percentage off your order and get beer delivered straight to your door. We're also sponsored by TapHandles.com. TapHandles sponsored our awesome little tap handle adapters. Uh, we also want to mention uh, Jeff Hartwell, Hartwell Woodshop out in Patchogue. Does some awesome rich mahogany uh, tap handle adapters like I have one up here. And then, of course, and I hit the post, we have our buddy Nick from Rosie's Draft Solutions coming on board. A lot of new sponsorships this year because we had nothing else to do but to go out and just ask people to hang out and be part of the uh, the show. But um, Nick actually was brought on and recommended by our buddy Mark over at Hopscotch, correct? Yeah, yeah. I met Mark uh, a couple months ago and uh, introduced me to you guys. So, awesome. so thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks I appreciate you being part of this. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to uh, promote you know local businesses and anything that has to do with the craft beer industry. And you are a local business here on Long Island, specializing in line cleaning, in service, in equipment, in pretty much anything needed. Um, and I told, uh, I guess, uh, Steve, I told you last week that we are, you're going to be doing the read because you know so much. All of a sudden, you started going into the laundry list of things that you did for the brewery and what last minute jockey boxes and all that other good stuff, stuff that's needed for a brewery when you're, you know, every day having to serve out of your tasting room and or travel to multiple sites for multiple beer fests happening at the same time. That's never fun to have to have five jockey boxes on hand. But if you need one in a pinch or you need anything else, and also, and Nick, we talked about even your home brew service. So I see, yeah. Nick, you have a tap system back there. Yeah. yeah. I, I installed this one myself and nice. it worked great. Uh, but I haven't used it in quite a while because I've not had enough people to come over and drink yeah. a keg of beer before it got bad. So I've been sticking with the cans and whatnot. But right. this thing, uh, I love having a draft system right here in my it, house. It is nice, especially for times like this, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, you just keep it going for the whole just stick your face up that tap. And, <laughs> and Pete has a kegerator. You have a kegerator, right? Yeah. Single pull, yeah. yeah. So they're really, uh, you know, uh, nice. It's a good, uh, I want to say luxury, but it is very nice to have it here in the basement or wherever you're going to go. But it's not just, you know, slated just for that. So tell us a little bit about what else Rosie's uh, brings to the industry, both on a commercial level and on a personal level. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just a little intro. Um, you know, we, um, my name is Nick. I started this business only uh, 
uh, almost almost a year now. Uh, okay. Me and my father, family owned, right here in Patchogue. Uh, my father retired, so he needed a little something to do. <laughs> and um, you know, I have I have the beer beer experience. Um, I work full time for a brewery, and uh, kind of gained some experience from that in uh in draft quality and just uh taking some courses with the brewer association looking at some feeds with the uh, master brewers of americas all that kind of good stuff and i just learned my way through uh draft systems over the past few years and uh kind of thought hey i think i think there's a definitely a need here in new york a lot of states honestly your beer distributors will uh, be responsible for your draft lines but in new york state there's no regulations on that. Uh, it's pretty much just up to the bars to be in good faith and get it done. Um, Some of them, yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. That exactly. seems optimistic. It really is. <laughs> um, well, I mean, consider this, how many breweries, you know, go through a keg and then put a different style on that line and it's a packed place and people demanding it, you know, what, what would be a, a solution to, run some just at least tap water through it just to do something in the meantime but you know they, there is also times where it's not like that a kind of emergency they're they know that they're going to put a different style on that line and, and so they should go through the proper process right yeah and you want to know what the thing is now is you got you got all different stuff you know you're not just drinking ales and, and lagers anymore you have these styles that are heavily fruited, heavily, you know, soured and everything. And they're really tainting at these lines and you get a lot of carryover now, as opposed to when, and when you did, yeah, yeah, Steve, yeah. I had, I had at least three lines that I'm like that. Those can never be anything, but what those beers are because <laughs> pretty much just the flavoring alone will never come out of those lines unless they change the actual lines themselves. Were they all dark beer, Steve? Yeah, it was Yada and yeah. Tribal Cow. Um, and, um, I forget what one of the other ones, but yeah, those were like. So Snickers bars didn't. No, you know, especially put an IPA on there, you know. It's, uh... Well, yeah, yeah, you don't want to kind of cross contaminate. But the other thing is, I mean, don't and and stop me if I'm wrong, Paul and Kev. Um, doesn't most breweries keep their standard beers, their their house beers, their regular ones on the same line, and they just kind of stick with that for a while, and then every month or a couple of weeks they do the cleaning just to make you know, nicer, nice beer tastes nicer. We, we clean our lines every two weeks, actually. Okay, um, yeah. And then like an acid wash every quarter, I think. Um, okay. But um, yeah, I mean, our Pilsner line has been our Pilsner line for, you know, three years coming up in August. You know, that's always been Pilsner. Yeah, and you don't really change that often. But it's the yeah. other ones, the rotating taps that really... Yeah, and, and there's been times where, you know, we've had to make a game time decision. Like, you know, the smoked <laughs> lager, smoked hellas is coming off, like... We should probably not put something else on and, <laughs> yeah. and wait. Pills on it. Yeah, it's yeah. Sunday at nine o'clock at night. Like the lines are getting cleaned on Tuesday. We're closed on Monday. Like let's wait. Let's wait and get that line. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I not mean, throw a stout on there or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? If you're if you're keeping up with it on the on that two week schedule, which is the recommendation from the BA, like you know you you probably won't see that that carryover as much. Yeah, maybe you'll see it like the first few pints. So you got to run a little bit through, but you'll probably be good if you're staying on that schedule. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's a, that's a big one now. And it's a, it's a game changer um, for all these craft breweries is, is putting lines on bars uh, on Long Island and, and, and the city. And uh, they're not taking care of their draft lines as the brewery is intending um, that their beer should taste, you know, 
they're hoping that their beer is going to taste the same as it left the brewery. And then uh, if these if these bars don't keep up with their draft lines, their their beer tastes bad. Their customers are like, "What the hell?" Yeah. You know, so nothing was go into a bar and you have your own beer and it doesn't taste like your beer. Right. And, and that, that'd be my ask, question. Hey, when was the last time you had these lines cleaned? And they go, "What?" <laughs> Clean. That's worst feeling. Worst feeling. Paul, yeah. Kevin, uh, so do you guys ever send anybody out to a local establishment to kind of just get the temperature of how the beer held up or what, what would be from the brewery standpoint, uh, what you guys are doing for quality, just keep up quality control, I guess. Yeah. I I mean, between network of friends and family and employees and our sales team and, and just, you know, everybody that we know kind of out there, um, you know, that, that certainly people would, would let us know if that's the case. Um, you know, it's a, it's certainly kind of a touchy subject, right? Cause you don't want to, go into someone's house or, or their, you know, something they take pride on. So there's creative ways, you know, to go about it. And it's more of the education than like, you know, we're never going to sell our beer here again kind of thing. It's more of, Hey, you know, this is out there. This is something that, you know, maybe you should look into. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the approach we've taken. Luckily we, we really haven't had any serious issues, um, with that. Um, and you know, the bars that we've encouraged, like, you know, it might be a good idea, you know, that most, most are extremely responsive when they find out that it's, you know, as affordable as it is and, you know, bars, you know, any, anything that they're spending is, is difficult sometimes, but if you can explain to them how much better their beer will pour and how much more beer they'll get out of the keg and, and all these things with a properly conditioned temperature and carbonation and all that, um, you know, they, they tend to their ears, you know, perk up and they're like, Oh, all right, let's do it. So, yeah. Um, Nick, do you, but it's all about education. Do you find, uh, of course, do you find that uh, a, a tough sell to bars and restaurants as opposed to obviously some of the, uh, the, the true craft beer bars and breweries that you might service? Is it a harder sell to them than it, the people that know beer well? It, it really is because you want to know what it is. It's really just the education. And, and it's not that I blame the bar owners. They have how many other things that they have to worry about at the bar. Right. But it, it really is, you know, I, I got to take a little bit of time to try and explain to them and and, under, and let them understand how they're going to profit off of doing this line cleaning um, more often than they are now and how it's, how it's going to pay off in the long run. Um, it, it, is, it does take time and, and sometimes, you know, these bar, the bar owners aren't you know, have the time to really sit down with, with me and, and just go over that kind of stuff. So that, you know, that, that is one struggle I definitely have on my side of things, but I'm just pushing through. I'm trying to find and learn new ways to, to educate these bars. And, uh, I'm learning as I go. Um, I got, I got definitely a lot of stuff in the works besides draft cleaning, uh, service and, and equipment. Uh, definitely I'm, I'm working right now on the education part. I, I think that's a big, just ask you that. yeah. Yeah, I got some stuff in the works right now, and I, I hope it's going to go over well with, with the bars on Long Island. But uh, I, I think I'm trying to trying to put together a good program for, for not only just um, educating bar owners, but also a, a small program for their uh, bartenders who are serving your guys' craft beer. Just, you know, general basics, some, something that they can use as a reference um, for, for when they're trying to sell your beer at the bar. It makes sense. It seems like the natural progression towards what would be the next phase to get people, you know, more educated and uh, more aware of what's going on in the lines, what's going on 
um, you know, the day to day, the week to week, even the quarterlies, yeah. you know, like I don't think too many bars as being a bartender for 20 years, I'm sitting there screaming after the kegs change. Uh, we should run something through this. Right, right. Um, that was not something we should have done. And, you know, I get overruled as the bartender, low man on totem pole. But I knew that that, that first pole or the second or fourth or how bad it was contaminated is not going to be the same as what it was intended to be. Mind you, it was probably like Sam Adams, but still it was not the intention of Sam Adams to have it taste like that either. For sure. And, you know, if, if, you, if you've been drinking crap beer, even if you're not, like, you go to that bar, the bar that you always go to, and you you get that pint, and you know that something, you you know when it's off. You know when that line was not, has not been cleaned. You know, you, you, you're not just thinking that in your head, oh, this must, might be a weird batch. Like, it's, yeah. it's a hundred, I would say 90% chance that it's, the bar itself draft system you know the brewery is not going to send out beer that that they don't believe is going to last for that shelf life right right um they're, they're putting out product that they that they know is going to extend that shelf life just because they know it's going to sit at that bar maybe a little bit longer at times uh times like this right now right yep. um, so so you know that's that's kind of part of it as well and that's a that's a big deal because as I was uh, putting into the area story about the uh, coupon code that you offered people through our show to get ten percent off service, um, I was saying you know thinking to myself well this is the time like you know some of these bars and restaurants are opening up for the first time in two or three months now's the time you know really last yeah. week was the time but now's the time if you're <laughs> going to serve beer to you know clean your lines you had downtime you, you yeah, should have taken yeah. advantage were oh, you yeah, busy getting, these last two weeks <laughs> yeah i'm getting yeah. slammed now okay. you know and, and and that's that's part of the problem too it's sometimes it's the, it's the last thought you know you got a lot of other stuff to worry about especially in this pandemic you know you got to get hand sanitizer ready you got to figure out your outdoor seating and you know all that kind of stuff but uh you know th these last two weeks for sure have been have been pretty busy and you know, i got those last minute phone air. calls yeah. Yeah, that's good. good, good. Uh, yeah, and so good is thing. it is it a lot of the the very hyper local places that you're doing or do you, how far is your reach with the business? Uh, right now I'm just staying in uh Suffolk and Nassau. Okay. Um I haven't ventured out too far of that yet. I do have a little bit of service in Westchester, but I've been staying out in New York City right now. Yeah, the travel uh, I would imagine would kind yeah, of affect yeah. things. Yeah, um, but I, and, I have one tech out in Westchester. Yeah. And what do you think your your overall like percentages are of breweries or beer bars versus regular, you know, commercial bars? Um, I'm probably at twenty five percent. I'm sorry, probably a little less. Twenty percent breweries right now. Okay. I got, I, I've been at a couple of breweries. Um, a lot of the breweries have you know they have their own internal cleaning programs, but I I've uh, I've gone into a few where I do a deeper clean for them. Um, just to, you know, help them out. And, and, you know, a lot of times they're, they're busy as well. They're right, brewing right. and all that stuff. So I'll, I'll get on like a deep clean schedule with them where I'll come in every three months and I'll do their, at their caustic and acid cycle and get those lines really cleaned up. Now, do you also do the lines for the tanks and all that other good stuff as well? Is it beyond as just in, tap lines? As in on the brewery side? Yeah. No, I, I stay out of that side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's for the brewers. They, okay. they should have that all all figured out. Figured out. <laughs> um, let's go. Let's go into. Sorry, get Steve. What's up? No, yeah, you're going to be also doing uh, uh, at home. You're you're going to be able to set up kegerators and and things yeah. like that for people. 
Oh yeah, the beginning of this uh, quarantine that was uh, a big thing. People pulling out the old, <laughs> pull, pulling out yeah, the old, old generators. Oh yeah, pulling it out of the basement. You know, hasn't been ran in a couple of years. Got dust on dust and mold on the line. So I've been doing a lot of uh, line change outs for the kegerators, getting them fresh lines, and uh, a couple of people need new new uh, actual faucets on their on their kegerator and things yeah, like that. Solid, they just oh yeah rusted yeah yeah now tell me tell me if i'm doing it right because uh, i could be taking away some trade secrets um but uh before i shut this down since it's been shut down i took a keg i have a like a cycling two or three kegs that i go through and i actually yeah. opened the keg i i took the the spout out i don't know what the technical term for it is spear. and the spear sure and i filled it up with water and then i did a uh sanitizer in there closed it back up sealed it back up and then ran it through that line into another empty keg. Basically just all the lines got the sanitizer through it. And then I ran regular tap water through that afterwards and then closed it down. Is it, would that be a proper way to do it or is there a, a better way to do it? Better chemicals, better solutions? Yeah, I, I, ideally you have the concept correct. Um, depending on, on, are you trying to just shut down the system pretty much for the, for the season maybe, or you're not going to use it for a long time? Maybe? Yeah, I was planning on not using it for, for a little while so that okay. was kind of like a winterization right gotcha yeah <laughs> that's, that's fine so uh the best practice and this is based off the brewers association would would be to do a, a caustic uh cycle first hmm. and it's pretty similar to the brewery side you guys have five barrels like it's the same thing as cleaning a tank um you do your caustic cycle on that line um so you'll put a caustic solution there's a there's a few brands out there or you can do PPW to be honest. Hmm, um, okay. But uh, there's a few brands, TM Tasana, um, uh, there's a Alpha, Alpha Chemical, they have a good one. A lot of them are color changing too, so they tell you when the line is clean, which is pretty cool. That is pretty so that's cool. awesome. So you'll run that caustic cycle through um, at a 2% solution. Okay. Um, get that sit usually when you're just using it through the through the keg you'll let it sit for 15 minutes let it soak then you'll you'll swap over to water like you said you'll do a tap water rinse um on my end i'll, I'll check the ph make sure it's back to neutral from from the caustic solution hmm. and then um from there you actually don't want to leave that sitting water just in case something was still stuck in there it's gonna it's gonna create growth over a long time Got you it. actually the best thing would be is to just shoot it out with some co2 and then you're good to go i didn't uh, do that so i i probably should end up doing that at one point or just recleaning it again and then do that at the the final yeah yeah and, and that, that's what some people do though they'll, they'll kind of just clear some people will just clear the line out do a regular cleaning and then just do a nice little um, little sanitizer before they uh, tap their keg. Yeah. Now, Steve was getting into a little bit of the equipment, and uh, I'm kind of interested in this. So, are you building systems? Are you selling them, uh, reselling that? Like, how how is that uh, hardware part of the business working? Yeah, for sure. We we do installs. We we do installs for for new bars, looking for it to upgrade. You want a new tower? You want a fancy tower? Um, we work with some really good vendors. We work with the high quality stuff. We work with Micromatic. We work with uh, Perlick, and then um, I also have a really good vendor that I, I just uh, secured is um, Canadian Beverage Supply, and they have actually some really good stuff. Um, they actually supply some stuff to Micromatic. Um, so I've been working with them and, and the, on the equipment side, it, it really is 
installs, replacements of old equipment. Um, I've been having a lot of actually um, people are trying to get their outdoor areas ready to go. And, and um, some people are by the water. You got salt issues from not having stainless taps and things like that. So I'm doing a lot of replacements on that kind of stuff and equipment that had been outside and exposed. Um, but yeah, I, I also get special pricing on, on equipment for home bars, um, you know, for brewery tap rooms, for bars, all that good stuff for sure. Cool. Now, what is, what is like the number one thing besides service, I guess, in the equipment line that you are dealing with? What is the, the most popular thing that people are asking for. I, obviously, let's say inside of quarantine, it's going to be a kegger, <laughs> but uh, let's say outside of that in the last year or so. Yeah. Besides doing the line cleanings, our, our second um, part of our business majority wise would be changing the changing lines out, changing tubing out. Um, mm. The, the jumper cable is pretty much considered your in a, in a bar setting is from the cooler to the regulator. Um, so I'm sorry, from the keg to the regulator. Um, so that, that particular line would be the one that would be required to change out the most, um, from the regulator to the tap line at a bar is usually a a harder plastic. It's a different type of plastic and it's a lot more narrow and that one doesn't require to be changed as often. Um, the one just from the keg to the regulator is, is usually that regular, uh, vinyl one that we use in our keg graders as well. Um, so those are the ones that don't last as long. They, they usually um, are recommended to be changed out within two years. And that's if you've been doing your cleanings regularly. Mm-hmm. So even if you, if you haven't, you'll start to see that, that beer stone build up. Um, that will be, it'll start creating a, a, a yellow color, like, like the beer itself on the inside of the tubing. And it won't be as see-through as it, as it used to be. Um, so if it starts creating that, that means you, you, you got to change that out. You're, you're building up inside that vinyl tubing. Um, so that, that would probably be the second part of our business for sure. The, and that is an obvious thing. Like you can see that because a lot of those oh, yeah. tap lines are visible from underneath the bar or, you know, coming out of the regulator. So you'll be able to yep. see very quickly whether those lines are yellowing up. Like you for said. sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and so what else, uh, besides the, the service and the, um, the equipment and like you said, the education, are you trying to focus on where's, where's the company headed? Is it just trying to keep up right now or we're looking to expand and get bigger? We're trying to just keep up right now. Um, during this crazy time, we'll see what happens when, when the sluts off, um, you know, how many of these accounts will, will, will stick on a, on a recurring schedule and stuff. But, um, I'm actually, I'll give you guys a little insider. I'm trying to start a, a, a nice program and it's going to help with the bar, um, creating a, a good PR for their customers and also for the public knowledge to know that these bars have clean taps. I'm, I'm working on a clean, clean tap certification program for these That's bars. Yeah. And, and basically what it will be is some sort of decal that will either be on their tap tower or at their business, uh, front door on a like decal. Like locals for Similar, similar. Right. Yeah. Is it, is it kind of like the good beer seal? Yeah. Yeah. Similar to that for sure. So, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll go in, even, even if we're not doing uh, the regular cleanings for the bar, um, we'll still go in and do an audit of these, of these bars and make sure they can, they, uh, and I would feel comfortable drinking, drinking a beer at this establishment. So we'll have a checklist. We'll have to meet a criteria 
and uh, if they meet that criteria, they'll they'll receive our our seal basically, yeah. and uh, we'll we'll give that to them for a six month term because within six months a lot can happen to those draft lines, yeah. and after that we'll we'll do another inspection and just get them on a six month uh, schedule. So that's what's to come. I hope it works out well, and I, I think it'll go over with the craft beer lovers a lot to know that. Uh, that these taps have been clean and it was certified by by a technician who's familiar with draft lines, you know. I know in the city, uh, not to interrupt, but there's a couple, I know top ops in the city, they write like on the draft line, they'll be like line cleaned, you know, yeah. 425, nice. you know, yeah. so they, they listed all their beers and all the draft lines, you know. And I love seeing there. that, you know, yeah. I, I hate, I hate going to that sports bar that I, that I love going to that has a hundred beers on tap and I want one, but I know it wasn't poured in about who knows long yeah. at one line, you know. Um, so, you know, those are the struggles, but I, I think this will be a good program for, for the public knowledge and also for the bar reputation as well. Um, so it should go over well. Yeah. Yes, well, because I, as a consumer, I definitely want to know that what I'm drinking actually is as fresh as it can be. So I get the ultimate experience. Well, Steve? I mean, I know just from working with you guys, you, you, you definitely did a great job. Um, you know, you did things for us. You know, you found things that we didn't even know we had wrong with our system. And, uh, you know, we appreciated that because you were honest about it and you took care of it. And that's right. what any brewery, bar, restaurant would want is someone that would point something out that is going to be a detriment to, you know, what they're trying to sell. And um, definitely, I, I know I've recommended you guys to, you know, as many breweries as, as I can because yeah. you guys are right up front and you did such a great job. And, that's and, much appreciated. Thank you, Steve. And, and you were right on time, too. Every two weeks, you're like, are right, you ready? <laughs> we're going to we'll come this day. We'll come this day. So I'm that's, that's, around. that's great, man. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, Nick, uh, give us uh, a big plug here. Tell us uh, everything you can about the uh, company so people get in touch with you. Um, like I said, we posted in our um, social media, you know, uh, the coupon code and obviously your information. We'll continue to do that along the way here. And uh, anything new event wise that you're doing or any new features, just send it our way so we can post for you as well. Uh, but you give us your end of the, uh, the information contact info. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you're looking for services with Rosie Draft Solutions, whether it's uh, scheduled line cleanings, um, we do every two weeks, we'll, we'll, we'll come in and we'll do a scheduled line cleaning. We'll email you before we come just to make sure you're okay with the date. And then we do quarterly acid cleanings. Um, that will make sure that your jumper lines and your whole tap system is, is going to stay good on the, in the long term. Um, you can reach out to us at rosydraftsolutions.com. We're on Instagram at rosydraftsolutions. And just reach out to us there and we'll work with you, get you a quote. Um, right now, I'll be, well, I'll be offering um, for, for the extent of, of our relationship here at the war, which I hope will continue on the years to come, 10% uh, off to, to anybody who mentions the promo code WART. Uh, so that's 10% off of any regular scheduled line cleanings, equipment, and uh, uh, emergency maintenance. And uh, yeah, come reach out to us. You can reach me at my, our phone number is on the, uh, on our Instagram and website. You can give me a call. And it's, there's definitely emergency service, right? So if something happens, you guys are on call pretty much all the time, right? 
Yeah, for sure. We're, we're ready to go, especially on us. We're ready to go. And a lot of times it'll, it'll be, uh, I'll hear a line popped, you know, tubing popped. We'll get you going. You know, you're pumping out the beers. You want to make sure that you're getting, you're getting that keg uh, emptied out by the end of the night. If, nice. if you're, so. nothing, nothing sounds better than an empty keg rattling around in the back there, right? <laughs> yeah, great. Um, Nick, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot for coming on and telling That's us all about it. Uh, again, thanks for the uh, the being part of the relationship that we've uh, established. And again, same thing. We we hope to do have it uh, moving forward in the future as well because uh, we have a lot of fun. And I know you've listened to the show, and you, you we we just love uh, hanging out with people. So you yeah. you're gonna be a dude. We're gonna be hanging out with a lot. I have a feeling when we Sweet. finally can yeah, get out of our house, I'll definitely hang out for a little bit today. But yeah, uh, yeah, I hang uh, let me on the show and, and talk a little bit, but, um, yeah, definitely. Thanks again, guys. Invited yeah, anytime, Nick, whenever, uh, you feel like jumping on and, and talking about something new, making announcements, whatever, anytime. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, so this is the world of Mike and Pete. We're not going to take a break like we normally Steve. do in our first 40 minutes and Steve and dude, I'm telling you, Pavlov's dog, two and a oh, half I'm years, Steve, <laughs> two and a half years, Steve, I got the new posters. You see the new posters? Well, oh yeah, that's right. You have one and we all have one now. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. I was just being very sorry. I could see it above yet. Anyway, uh, now we want to turn our t- to Steve. Yes, and see, it's there. I promise. <laughs> Not just a fake thing. There it is. Uh, we have our buddies, Paul and Kevin from Five Burrows Brewing Company uh, over in, and I was, I forgot where it was because I, uh, that's right, this is in Brooklyn, but I was trying to think of the streets. Brooklyn in the house. 47. Um, and we have um, a, a lot to talk to you about because there are some big changes happening in New York State. Uh, you guys opened up today, correct? <laughs> Was oh, it? New York opened up today. You've been oh. open for <laughs> yeah. to go and all that other fun stuff. I will, um, yeah, I'll say the commute today was twice what it was last week. Really? Well, that's a big mm. deal, yeah. A lot more. But still probably half as much as it was in December. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, Kevin, uh, give us a little background uh, about you guys. And then, of course, uh, send us on a little journey about uh, how Five Burrows came to be and where they are at today. Send us through that, that journey. Paul, you want to go first? And then I'll. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah sure. I can do that quick. Kevin, <laughs> give you the journey part. Uh, yeah, so I am the accounting manager for Five Burrows. Um, I started there in January. Much more than that. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> but that's his, that's his, that's Whatever his, else that's his title. <laughs> Whatever else has to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe it was January of, of last year. So, um, you know, about a year, almost a year and a half already, which is crazy. Um, and I had come out of a really long career in um, contract food service, event, event hospitality, like, you know, companies that run stadiums and, and arenas, things like that. Did you work for a lot of Aramac? Uh, a, a competitor, yeah. Okay. Same, yeah. Same, same, kind of, same kind of company. Got it. Um, and I was doing it for a long time, really long time, I said 17 years. Um, and, in, when I started with that company, um, my boss, my first boss with them had started uh, kind of getting me into craft beer, actually. You know, he kind of introduced me, and this was probably 2001, 2002, introduced me to uh, Sierra Nevada and, and a couple, you know, many breweries. And he was from Nashville, so uh, he knew Yazoo and, and all that kind of stuff. And then a little, uh, a little brewery uh, called Blue Point came along, wanted to sell their beer at the stadium I worked at. Um, and I met Mark and Pete. Um, and I actually went to work for them um, in the off seasons. So um, that kind of, you know, got me into craft beer and, and I could kind of tell it was there to stay. And then I 
took the next 15 years doing doing the corporate thing and always wanted to get back to it. And then this opportunity came up um, and I, you know, I was like, yeah, let me throw my, my hat in a ring and we'll see, we'll see what happens. And, uh, and that's, that's how I came to be at Five Burrows. Um, I remember, I remember when you got the job, yeah. you were quite excited. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a big change. You know, I know, um, you know Pete was saying before he's been working from home for eight years and I, I had also, for the last seven years, I was working from home, but you know, uh, I was just missing interaction and <laughs> leaving my house for you know, for just have so you know, I was either traveling or in my or in my office, and and uh, you know, neither of which was very, very exciting after a while. But this was something you know, I, I figured this was this was the time to do it. You know, um, the opportunity was there; it was a, a good fit. Um, Whereas they were making some uh, system changes, um, which is something that for the last two years of my prior job, I was actually developing an inventory and accounting system for, for the company I work for. Ah. Um, finished that up and um, um, just basically jumped into a pretty similar similar project uh, moving over to to uh, Five Pros. You know, I met with my boss a couple of times, uh, Keon, our CFO. Um, you know, go on really well and kind of had the same vision for for how to wrangle all of this in. And uh, that's, that's where we're at. I was writing some notes down. And uh, one of the things that uh, I've been getting better with this because I always have follow-up questions, but I forget yeah, my, my glasses. Every time they clank together, Pete looks around like, is that a doorbell? No, no, I, heard, I feel like I heard a child hit the floor upstairs. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> in your house, that, that could happen. That's could happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been be- getting better at writing down yeah. notes uh, because I forget. You're drunk. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, okay. Mine better built. be. Otherwise, it, right. they, it could, same thing could be happening upstairs for all I know right now. But. Right. They'd just be raiding your beer fridge. Cracking open the last uh, crowler of a uh, barrage that you've been savoring for that <laughs> last moment of the day. Oh, it's gone. Uh, I'm all out of barrage. Uh, Paul, yeah, so geez. when they hired you, they also got your system, right? So how important was that as part of the hiring process? Oh, no, that, to... that system was was for the other for the company. Yeah, but couldn't you, you didn't adapt it to kind of meet the needs no, for? No, we, oh. we actually moved uh, into with a uh, you know a, a well known system in the industry uh, called mm-hmm. Orchestrated Beer, um, which is really an SAP add on essentially, um, okay. and it, it manages all all facets of you know procurement, production, mm-hmm. scheduling, all that kind of stuff. The accounting side of it, uh, you can. It, I mean, it is insanely insanely. Uh, there's just a ton of depth to it if you it's really whatever you how how much work you want to do it you know you yeah what you put in the more you can get out you know um and it's it's a it's a beast i mean anything that that works on sap is is uh not really known to be particularly <laughs> user friendly but um but it's a great it's a great system for a brewery of our size and a brewery that is growing um it can really grow with with the brewery, I mean the, the big. It's the system that we, you know large commercial brewers use to, to yeah. manage our brewery. So. And the other thing I was going to comment on is uh, you went from corporate, but then you said you were working at home. So I said, oh, you went you traded in your shirt and tie for the hoodie yeah. and the uh, the boots. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. if you're working from home, it's pretty much the same sweatpants like Pete wears every day. <laughs> yeah. No gym shorts. Gym shorts. shorts. I still have to do a, like a a kind of uh, a ceremonial burning of all my my button-down shirts. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, Kev, give us a little background about yeah. you and uh, sure. how, how you became a uh, part of Five Burrows. Yeah, so um, 
I am the co-founder or one of the co-founders and COO um, at Five Burrows. Um, and my, I know yeah, I've met you somewhere, Kev. I don't know where it is. A believe me, I, I, get, I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I used to bartend on McLean Avenue in Yonkers. That's where most people think they recognize me from. <laughs> but um, so um, I. Uh, I guess my first craft beer experience, I would say, I was actually talking to my college roommate the other day. We joked about how, you know, we would buy a 30 pack of Bud Light and a six pack of Sierra Nevada for, <laughs> for our, for our weekends. Um, basically all we could afford. Um, but Sierra Nevada, I definitely remember being the first, uh, first beer um, in that kind of vein that I ever had. Um, it always kind of had a bug for it. Um, started to drink less and less of the of the macros and, and figure out ways to afford to drink uh, more of the nicer stuff throughout college. <clears throat> and then after, um, did a lot of different things after college, um, including bartending. Um, I worked as a ENT in Westchester, um, taught sixth grade, uh, hey. for one year, uh, and realized that was not the way to go. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, took my uh, EMS background and got hired into the corporate world and worked at um, UBS for a few years, uh, financial services. And then I worked at CBRE, commercial real estate company, doing emergency management and crisis management and, <clears throat> and things of that. Um, and that's at UBS is where I met uh, my now co-founder, uh, Blake. Um, he worked on the more finance investment banking side. I worked on the, uh, on the operations side. Uh, uh, at UBS, but we definitely shared a passion in craft beer and used to go out to, uh, you know, um, craft beer events in the city and, and just always kind of talked about it as more kind of, you know, a joke, like what's, you know, what's the next brewery that's going to open and this and that. And he, he was an amateur home brewer. Uh, he brewed in his dorm room in college. He can tell you the story about that, but uh, that he didn't end up being a home brewer in college because they confiscated all his equipment, but um, he always had a bug for the brewing side. And, uh, you know, we just talked about it for a while and, and he finally came up and said, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to quit my job and start a brewery. And I'm like, okay, sounds great. You know, go, go ahead and do that. And he said, yeah, but I want you to do it with me. Um, you know, this was six, seven years ago, probably. And, uh, I didn't really know what that meant at the time. And we kind of joked about it and I thought it was more of just like a hobby. And the more we talked about it and the more we spent time you know, telling other people about it. And people were just kind of like, I think you guys really have something. Um, the whole idea was, um, you know, there, there wasn't a brewery that was trying to be New York city's brewery. Right. I mean, obviously there were some great breweries, Brooklyn brewery and six point and, and all these folks were, were kind of paving, paving the way, but you know, they were called Brooklyn brewery, you know, or, or they were called the Bronx brewery. Um, no one was really trying to be, um, New York city's brewery. And, um, you know, when the name came up, it just kind of, sounded so perfect um and you know it was a we knew it was going to be a challenge and um knew, knew we needed to make a, a ton of beers different styles uh, we know we needed a big facility to make all that beer because we didn't want to we didn't want to be the beer that you couldn't get your hands on if you're trying to be new york city's brewery and, and not you know not not have the beer available or, or out there um so it kind of you know shaped our whole kind of plan from the beginning of, you know, what's the facility we need to find the size, the team we want to build, um, all that stuff. So, um, August will be our three year anniversary. Wow. Um, which, you I mean, know, I thought you're around a, a little longer than that. Cause I, yeah, it feels I a lot you, longer. 
But, I uh, mean, you guys were almost immediately distributing, right? Right when we did. We, we uh, again, another decision we made was to come out of the gate uh, with a distributor. Yeah. Uh, we did our first year um, just about uh, New York City only, okay. um, and then our second year. So this past year, we opened up uh, Westchester and Long Island, um, yep. and Rockland and and Putnam. But that you know, kind of core. I you know, I'd still say you know, 95, if not more percent of our beer is sold in New York city in the five boroughs. Um, so our first year, um, did just about, uh, 5,000 barrels, um, oh. in New York city. Um, 2019 we did 10,000. So we doubled, um, after our, after our second year and, you know, we're, we're certainly seeing some, some reduction, uh, towards our goals for, for 2020, but really why? <laughs> But uh, our cans are certainly, you know, that's a that's been, uh, you know, really important for this last you know few months having cans and being able to be in grocery stores and the places where folks are looking to get beer and we sent some beer out to Tavor for the first time and oh you did um, use Tavor okay good yeah uh, we sent our uh, beer called Dimey Nickel which was actually a collaboration we did with. Um, uh, fifth hammer brewing company. Yeah. In Long Island oh, City. nice. Um, so, um, yeah, he's the balls. He's great. Um, so, you know, and then we're, we've got beer at, um, tap room, which is another, uh, kind of, yep. you know, distributor that sends beer to people's homes. Our and, buddy, uh, uh, Paul from ghost has been like on the, that's uh, right. the commercial Instagram feed for tap room. And every single picture from tap room is freaking yeah. Paul's ghost. And I'm like, Jesus, yeah. I know that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> um, and I mean, yeah. these are, these things have absolutely helped the breweries out because they Without a doubt. definitely uh, extend the reach obviously, but yep. also it's a, a revenue stream, right? I mean, it's the ability yep. to, to sell large quantities because they usually do want a large amount of beer. Yep. To get pallets. Pallets yeah. Pallets. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of places that, um, you know, some of the bigger accounts that we have that the first question is, are you going to run out? Um, you know, and it's, it's Costco, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, places like that. Um, Costco launched, I mean, it was incredible timing, but in like December or January, they launched a program at three stores where they're doing 16 ounce cans. Hmm. Um, and we got selected as one of the four breweries, I think that, that, um, that got selected for those. And I mean, they're buying, you know, 80 to a hundred cases. How are the other three? Um, three. You're going to put me on the spot. Barrier. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. Barrier, Five Burrows. Um, I feel bad that I'm not going to know. Nah, that. don't worry about it. I wasn't trying to. I, just, I was just yeah. interested to see who could keep up with the production yeah. of that much beer, right? I mean, yeah. just to see who's in that same class. We'll now, what, what, what size system are you guys brewing on right now? Uh, we have a 30 barrel. Um, so our fermenters are... We have a few 30s, a few 60s, and then last year, before we started doing cans, we brought in 120 barrel fermenters. So wow! Um, and you have your own canning line. We have our own canning line. Yep. Uh, basically, canning at this point, you know, five days a week. Awesome. Um, you know, we were. Is that like 90, 95 percent of your your beers going out in cans? Yeah. I mean, we we I think yeah we filled kegs last week for the first time in in a couple wow. months. Um, so we put our summer ale in the kegs last week, a couple of accounts Ooh, that are starting like to open up. Um, so, we, you know, we're starting to, to see that accounts are looking to get draft beer again, which is exciting. Um, so we're starting to peel off, you know, a little bit here and there just to get a little bit of an inventory gone. Nice. That's what I'm drinking as well. Nice. nice. Yeah. Um, 
So, I, have, I have a question really, just go back for a second. Yeah. So did your college roommate have the 150 uh, barrel system in the uh, college? <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> no, that was, uh, that was Blake Bruin, his, uh, his probably five gallon uh, system in his dorm room. <laughs> What's interesting is, and, and I, I got in trouble in college quite often, hence the reason yeah. why I came home and went to school. Um, I got put on double secret probation, hashtag free grass. Um, and I got sent <laughs> back home. And, uh, I remember reading the rules like every word. And I actually did think about this in my second college where I got in a lot of trouble that there wasn't anything in there that said you couldn't have home brewing equipment. Now, obviously by the time it gets to be beer, now you can get in trouble, but having the ingredients, having the, uh, um, I mean, if you had a kitchenette, you could have an open flame, obviously sure. you couldn't do that otherwise, but uh, what's, Besides having the final product in your room, there's not much else in those uh, laws that say you, you can't have hops in your room. You can't have grain. You can't have a, a, a boiling well, pot of water. I mean, what's... I won't, I won't say what college Blake went to, but I will say that the, the code of conduct was rewritten after Blake went there. So. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> For exactly the things you just mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes so much sense. And I'm sure it, it kind of moved on through other colleges as the craft beer scene, you know, yeah. uh, got bigger and bigger because now kids could just be brewing their own beer in two weeks, have their own, you know, set. And then that's it. That's, no it's, need it's, for it's funny. fake it's, ID or anything. Nah, point. forget it. You could be a make freshman. It, make your own. Making five barrel batches and <laughs> <Yeah>. putting <laughs> it under the bed. Um, so, so you guys, uh, you know, you're talking about your, your reach and the amount of beer that you're brewing. And one of the things that we see locally, as you said, it started getting out on Long Island is obviously the one we all kind of started with, which was too juicy. Uh, one of our favorites, the one yeah. we, tiny we juicy. go to. Tiny, tiny juicy. juicy. What did I say? Too, too juicy. I'm sorry. Tiny juicy. There's no it's such thing. Okay. That's a two, it's a two roads beer. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, that's right. It is. It is a two roads beer. You're right. What? Uh, but tiny juicy, but it, it, we it, came out with ours first. There you go, nice. <laughs> Paul, Paul turned me on to this probably when you first, you guys first put it out, and I was like, wow, this is really good. And then I had it again, and I'm like, wait a minute, this this is like really good. This is like <laughs> Crush City. I could drink, you know, the whole six pack, still be all right. And mm -hmm. the beer is so. And what I like about it, it's crisp, has great aroma and great flavor. Um, but it's so light bodied, but, um, the mouthfeel on it is like, it could be a big beer, but it's not. Right. And for me, we, that, we, that's just yeah. a, a great job. That's just a great yeah. job by the, by the brewery. It's an amazing we, session beer for sure. Yeah. It's, we get, you know, uh, we, two couple things. We, we certainly never wanted to have a flagship or, or you know, a, but it is certainly the beer that people kind of, Oh, aren't you guys that make, aren't you ones, the ones that make tiny juicy? Um, so it's becoming that for us, for sure. It's also becoming the beer that we're making and producing the most of. There's a lot of people that kind of ask the same thing. They're like, how did you do that? You know, like how did you get that flavor and that everything into a 4.2% beer? Because yep. um, usually you find a beer like that, and again, if you find a beer that's low in ABV, it's usually lacking something else. Mm -hmm. And it, that's, it's usually body. And, uh, and that's only because, you know, it's just not a good job. Where this, yeah. I, I was telling you, uh, Mike and Pete, I, I go to the distributor. I search it out. I buy a couple of six packs immediately because I know that's going to be when it's a really hot day out. I'm just hanging out. And I don't want to get all messed up from drinking a 10% or something yeah. like that. It's a good beach idea. Um, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean now, Steve. 
this is my go-to now. Yeah, it's the beer. Uh, it started as a as a one-off. Um, it started as a 16 ounce uh, one-off beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a, a tall boy 16 ounce can, and you know, it sold out so fast that we were like, maybe we should make it again. We made it again, and the reception was so positive. And after talking to you know some of our sales folks and the distributor and. They were like, I think this beer should should stick around. You know, it shouldn't be one that you just make and never make again. So we put it out, um, and you know, we haven't really looked back yet. Uh, did you Did you also have other? I know you said you don't didn't want to go into this having a flagship, mm-hmm. but are there other ones like Tiny Juicy that have kind of uh, caught on and become also you know multiple brewing cycle yeah i mean we we have a core um we you know we call them our core beers you know the year-round kind of six packs or or four packs so um and most of our beers if you're not already familiar with or we kind of just call them like they are uh we really don't have you know kind of the the fanciful name for at least our core core beers so we have a year-round pilsner Mm -hmm. um we have a west coast ipa um tiny juicy um hoppy lager um you know these beers are all what style is that it's a hoppy lager. Oh. Um, um, gridlock, one of those. Yeah, gridlock is our kind of newest year-round beer. Uh, those are that's our only year-round beer in four packs. Okay. That's the beer that Costco took. Ah. Uh, it was gridlock. Um, I think Taproom actually carries it uh, as well. And um, and then City Light was a beer that we came out with uh, last year, um, which is a you know our take on a on a light lager. Um, so those are, you know, those are the year rounds. Um, and you know, tiny, Ju- there, Paul's got there right there. Um, I've seen that around. Cool yeah. 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 You know, tiny juicy definitely, um, is leading the way on those, but, um, it's, you know, they're yeah. all, they're all doing like the well. Like the yeah. new art on the cans. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, you know, one of those things when you go to painted cans, you're limited on your uh, number of colors you can have. So we <laughs> had to, we had to adjust a little bit, um, but uh, yeah, we launched. So everything came out in painted cans for the most part in the last kind of three to four months, uh, which has been exciting. So um, and it definitely helps with uh, the backlog and labeling, right? I mean, obviously, a yeah. you don't have to label them after they've been canned, so you don't have yep. to have the manpower to do it. Yeah. And then B, uh, you're not right now backlog like a lot of the breweries are because the one thing that's holding a lot of people up is labels. Yeah. I mean, the concern was initially that, you know, aluminum was going to become the problem. Mm. And, you know, the the cans where we get our cans from Coca-Cola, Budweiser, you know, they're getting cans too. So we're certainly going to take, you know, a backseat to them. But we luckily had, uh, you know, a bunch of a bunch of inventory, uh, you know, kind of going into it. And and the re-up happens where we feel comfortable where, you know, we're not in a position where we're going to run out. Uh, but similar, I mean, we have to order the cans in, in bulk. So similar to the labels. So there was a little bit of concern about if they were going to be still available or not. Hmm. And we kind of had to change our forecast, obviously, because our cans were starting to sell a lot faster. So when I had said, you know, the re-up will probably be in August or September, you know, that re-up happened a couple of weeks ago to get another order in. So oh, wow. Because uh, we have to order issues, or no, are you no, unfortunate? No, our, our procurement for the most part has been, you know, hasn't really been uh, affected. Um, whether That's we, good. you know, had enough inventory on hand, but um, you know, our our partners that we use for boxes and cans and all that stuff, um, super communicative. You know, from the beginning, talk to them almost daily about what I need, what's going to be coming down, and like, hey, I don't know what next month's going to look like. This is what it looked like for the last year, but everything's kind of 
you know, thrown away now. So I just need you guys to be as flexible as you can. And they've all been fantastic. And that's a, that's a big pivot point that you had to make to, to go from having a fully open and operational tasting room mm -hmm. to now 95% is going in can and we got to get yeah. it out the door. Night, 100%, right? I mean, do you have a crowd just machine on hand? Nope, just, you know, <laughs> yeah. 99% into cans. So that's, a, you know, it's a lot. I mean, we're, we're, yeah. the, the staff has been incredible. Um, you know, we, we really only had about one person that was trained on the canning line and we had to get everybody else trained up on it just because there's such a volume of canning yeah, that yeah, yeah. Um, we had to spread it out so that other people, you know, could, could take over as well. And everybody's been incredible from, 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 you know, for the last few, few months that we've been, that we've been doing this. So, so that kind of answers my question. So you have your own canning line. You don't use we it do. outside. Yeah. No, we started, we started mobile canning and then quickly realized that just make the investment. You know, it didn't make sense anymore. Um, well, with the amount of beer that you're now getting into with, you know, those distribution uh, yeah. streams and Costco and now even now through the tap room, thank God. You yeah. know, thank and God just the flexibility. That. I mean, like being able to say, you know what, we should actually get this beer out today instead. And, and you know, it, when you're on someone else's schedule, as great as they are as partners, you know, the, the mobile canners that we've used, um, you're still on a schedule and you yeah. can't really be as flexible. Yeah. So, I mean, they do incredible things for the craft beer industry for folks yeah. that aren't able to get it. Uh, they've even helped us out if we had an issue with our canning line and said, mm -hmm. we can get one there to you tomorrow, you know, and, and at least get some beer out while yours gets, you know, repaired or something else. So, um, which, uh, which guys would you go with? Do you go with Maltman? You go with Ironheart? Who are you? Uh... We've used them all. Um, okay. Yeah, we've used uh, Spread the Anvil. Love. You know, Todd from from Anvil. Uh, we were on ah, the phone yeah, with him yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Troubleshooting stuff. Uh, Ironheart, Ninth Planet, Maltman. I mean, we've Ninth we've kind of run the gamut. So, <laughs> Steve, what were you going to say before? Long Island seem to use Maltman a lot. Yeah. Having your own system is probably one of the greatest things. It saves you so much money and doing a painted cans, not having to deal with the loss of, you know, labels, you, you yeah. have ups, anything like yeah. that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a considerable, good considerable move, good cost move. savings. Yeah it's, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, Paul can talk a little bit more about it, but I mean, it's, it's actually less expensive too, because really? when you're getting, where you're getting a label and a can that cost is more than just the can. Sure. So sure. Huh. Again, yeah, the, the problem is you have to be producing at such great volumes to, to get it. That's really got to be something you're selling a shit ton of to. You, I mean, you need to order 300,000 cans per skew at a time. I mean, that's an entire truckload. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, for tiny juicy, that goes fairly quickly. Right. Uh, but if you have a beer that, you know, you're only selling a couple hundred cases a month, I mean, you're going to, you're never, you're never yeah, going to be at that. And now yeah. you can adapt that canning line to do, do labeling printing on like the 16 ounces, right? Yeah, we still, we still have the labeler there. Um, you know, we just, the cans come through it. We just shut it off and, and the, the printed cans just pass right through it. So. Oh, okay. All right. So just like it's a, still a part bypass. of the system. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, so Steve was asking before about uh, the, the equipment that you have in there. You said you upgraded to the 150, correct? Uh, 120 barrels. 120. Hours. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what was the thought process on upping that? Besides, obviously, quantity would it then free up the tanks for more, not experimental, but you know, one-offs and stuff like that. And what else have you been doing? Yeah. I mean, the 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 large tanks, the 120s, were certainly when we launched cans. So, you know, we were draft only that first year. Um, so, you know, here and there, 16 ounce cans, but I mean, the the majority of our volume is draft, and we we knew. You know, if we're going to be doing this this six pack, you know, out 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 into the to the world, 
um, you know, we're going to need to have this volume. So, um, and we, you know, the facility, we, we always envisioned them. We just didn't think they were going to be there that fast. Um, you know, our facility is 30 foot high ceilings and the future plan of the facility was to have these 120 barrel fermenters, certainly not in the first year and a half. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, we made it, we made it work. So, um, yeah, it certainly frees up, you know, the other tanks, the you know, the 30 barrel fermenters now pretty much primarily for, double IPAs, you know, 16 ounce can releases. Um, I think somebody was drinking thank you before. Um, that's a beer that, uh, that was done on the, on the 30 barrel system. Uh, we also have a five barrel system at the brewery uh, with two, uh, two fermenters there in a bright tank, which, you know, is a lot of the tap room only stuff. Um, we can do some really interesting blends with fruit and stuff, and we can take a base beer and, and condition it on fruit on, on the five barrel system and, and not, tie up a 30 barrel for either an experiment or something that, you know, we don't want to put out. We just want to have in the tap room and, you know, you're only getting eight or 10 kegs out of it, which is much more reasonable than, you know, a 30 keg or 50 keg or 60 keg uh, experiment sometimes. You're the so. king of segues. Cause my next question is. <laughs> um, I'm reading your notes from. Yes, you are. How do you, <laughs> so, it's in pencil. How do you do that? Um, what other programs do you have? I know, like we said, we talked about the core beers a little bit. Yep. Um, and we're, I want to talk a, a little bit about Too Juicy again. I'm sorry, Tiny Juicy. I said it again. Tiny Juicy. Uh, but then I also opened the, the Noble Lager, and I want to talk about you know, the, the brewing process Loving with that. that. But yeah, it's very good. Um, what, uh, and now I lost my question as I backtracked into my, what, my setup. What, what oh, other programs? Yeah, well, the programs, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, are you doing a sour program every so often? Yeah. Or are you doing stout? Pro- like, what's the... Uh, <sighs> Is it seasonal? Is it kind of off? Like, what are you working on? Yeah, I mean, we don't really have anything written in stone. You know, we like to come out with beers that make sense for the time of year. Um, you know, we, we do some stouts in the wintertime. We had a, you know, a, a pretty big adjunct stout come out called 45th Street that had, you know, a bunch of different uh, adjunct flavors in it. Um you know, a, a, a lighter beers coming out in the, in the nicer weather. Hmm. Uh, we've, we've done sour. We had a, we had a Goza that was, um, you know, right before everything started, that was pretty much a year round beer as well. Ooh, um, like so that Goza. was a, that was a draft beer. We put it into cans here and there. Um, that presented some additional kind of complexities with the brewing process, but um, that's not something that we've, you know, put on the shelf for, for good. It's just kind of taken a little bit of a, of a break right now. Um, you know, we, the only real beer that we call a seasonal is our summer ale. Um, mm. You know, we don't have really a, a spring beer or a winter beer or a fall beer, uh, you know, right now. But the summer ale is, is clearly the, you know, the seasonal that we have. So, All the other beers that we have just kind of come out, you know, when Your they beer is released out, out a summer ale? It's out. Yep. It came out uh, kind of right before things started, like the second or third week of March, we started putting some cans out there. And mm. as I said, now the draft is starting to pick up on that. And um, you know, that's, that's a beer that does really well for us. It's a super easy drinking um, Blondale, which, uh, you know, I, I love drinking. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a beer that we, we loved Brooklyn summer. Uh, we loved a lot of those, you know, kind of. Um, Call my bread and root- butter. Yeah, Red really well I went down summer. to the beach, yeah. and it was just—it's like yeah. bagels and toast. Yeah, toasted bagels. And so we tried to take our own spin on it, and and we're—I mean, I'm super happy. I I like our summer ale better now than Brooklyn's, but um, <laughs> not to say that it's still not a good beer. But um, so yeah, that's our only real seasonal. We do uh, got about um, 
think right around 50 wine barrels in the brewery right now. Um, you know, which were, are they full? Just ask a little question. <laughs> about, hey, yep. sir, can you tell me a little bit about these barrels you got yep. sitting in the brewery? So we've got about 50 wine barrels. Um, we're, we're, we're really, you know, trying to get them out, uh, get the majority of them out before um, the summer gets, you know, the, the plan was to get them out more in the March, April time. Um, so we're a little backed up on that, but we're, we're working hard to get them out. About 50 of them, uh, mix of red and wine, uh, red and white wine barrels. Um, we've got a good friend of Keon, who's Paul's boss, um, is one of the owners of Beneducci Vineyards, which is out in New Jersey. Um, great, great vineyard out there, great winery. And uh, we got 50 from them, a uh, mix of red and white. And we've got a mix of different stuff going on in there. Um, you know, some mostly um, golden ale in the white wine and, and, a, and a dark ale in the red wine barrels. And the last couple of weeks and months, we've just been kind of blending and kind of figuring out what goes work, you know, what goes well with each other. Um, we're hoping have to get have some wild yeast in there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, you know, everyone's got a little bit of a different thing going on, but um, yeah. you know, there's Britannomyces and there's a whole bunch of different uh, bacteria and, and, and yeast and different strains that work in there. So we're uh, we're in the process of blending right now and kind of figuring out what what goes best with each other, and uh, we're hoping to get that stuff out at least into bottles and, and condition um, in the next couple of weeks. So we're super excited. It's our first. It's our first real kind of foray into that. Um, we've had a couple. You know, a couple of the barrels we've pulled here and there for taproom only or, or special events and stuff like that. But this will yeah, be our was, first. I was just uh, going to ask that. How do you, have you guys that. done like a blending program before or is, or is this yeah. kind of a first for that? No, this was, you know, we've, we've got a ton of uh, brewers with experience from various breweries mm. that have done it elsewhere. Um, you know, our, our team is made up of, of some really strong, uh, strong brewers from, from some got great the breweries. all-star team. I see what you're doing over there. You guys are so, just going um, in and recruiting. <laughs> No, but um, <laughs> no, no. But uh, Kevin, the uh, the battle yeah. beer is. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is is some of the first beer that was brewed, right? It is. Uh, there's some that's been, you know, that's been kind of aging, and um, it's been there for, you know, some of the some of the barrels have been have been sitting on on beer for well over a year now. So wow, oh, wow, yeah, we're excited. We're excited about it. Now you guys, uh, every so often, obviously, you're doing a little taste test, and like you said, mixing, and matching, seeing what you yeah. get out of it. Hammer and nail right in the sun. Yeah, in the not not touching the bunghole. Right. Um. But yes, that is never the bunghole. I know. I know. It's very important. Yeah. Um. Paul, on on your side, uh, is it going to be a challenge for you to? Uh, I, I guess I, I have to first ask Paul what your role in something like a barrel program would be. Are you in charge of? Uh, acquiring them? Um, are you in charge of what it happens after they've been put out there? Like what's, what's your role in that process? Uh, yeah, I mean, not so much acquiring, you know, they, they had the barrels and, and stuff before it came in. I don't really oh, okay. do uh, the purchasing, just more the, the tracking of the purchasing and, and all that kind of stuff. But as far as the barrels go, um, I've started working on, um, you know, uh, the, just the yields, um, you know, how, how much, how many bottles we're going to be able to get out at certain, at certain sizes. Um, you know, if we want to go with 500 milliliters, we want to go with 750, doing all the math on that. Um, and, uh, you know, if you look at like, how many uh, barrels to buy next time, I guess too, then depending on. Yeah. I mean, the barrels, can, they, they, you know, they can be, uh, reused. I, I believe they can be cleaned and reused, but, um, as far as, you know, what we're going to do with this beer, 
Um, we we actually have a couple meetings scheduled for later this week to Ooh. to uh, talk about the actual blending process. But I've been sourcing the you know because we don't carry the bottles, we don't we don't we don't keep right. that stuff in inventory. So I've been you know getting quotes in that scene who we can work with to uh, to form some relationships in that area and uh, hopefully get some some good product there. Kevin, Steve, uh, do you do you think that putting that melted wax on the top has uh, a a big impact on the beer, or is it just about the sellability? I say there's a big impact on the price, I would, or at least wow. <laughs> impact on if you do it wrong and you can't open a freaking bottle, it makes people very very angry. That's yeah, <laughs> true. It does look pretty though. It does, it does look, look pretty. pretty. Um, but yeah. I, I was know. like an idiot the first time I tried to open a Maker's Mark bottle. I had to like Google, like a, I'm like, how the fuck do I get this thing open? I, know Mike I had to look up a YouTube video. <laughs> Mike and I are very excited about the the, the sour beers coming out of yes. the Pete, not so much. No, it's slightly not. less so. I, yeah. I I have not yet embraced sour the sour style yet, but I I, I don't think I've had a good sour the yet. right one yet the the right one. maybe we'll maybe we'll change your mind on that. there you so. go i'm open yeah i mean that's what when people try our goza for the first time the usual reaction is i don't like sour beer and then they try our goza and they're like what this was oh i'll do another one of these then sure yeah, yeah but because my wife that- had one of the like a juicy ipa you know she uh just had a baby a few months ago and she hasn't uh she likes craft beer but not not as into it as i am but mm-hmm. she tried like you know a, uh, one of these uh hazy ipas a few weeks ago after, you know, finally getting, uh, getting back into alcohol. Uh, she's like, <laughs> like, you know, this is, this is great. I want more of this. And I'm like, Hey, it turns out you like IPAs. What you <laughs> How about that? I mean, I got into sours by accident. I think I ordered something at a bar. Uh, actually I think it was at Barcade, uh, a while ago. Which one? Which one? Yes. Yeah. The one on the lower East side, uh, oh, 24th street, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, came out of a concert, was drunk, stumbled in, was like, give me that. And I didn't realize it was sour. I went, Oh, what is this? And it was, it was really a very sour one, but I went, I can, I can do this. This is one of the things mm-hmm. that I actually do like. So over time now in the last year, I've been kind of seeking out like those really, you know, uh, not a lot of variants, but I like a drier sour. So, mm-hmm. you know, when they do like a sour IPA and it's just almost like a sparkling wine, but with a little bit of that bitterness and a little bit of juicy. I'm like, this is, this I can definitely get into. Mm-hmm. And then I expanded from there. And now I'm into like, you know, blackberry sours and, and some of the crazy, you know, multiple adjunct sours can, it grows on you a little bit. So you do, you have mm-hmm. to find something you like, and then you expand out from there, I guess. Sure. Kind of like what we all did with Sierra Nevada, as we were talking about before. Right. You know, that was one of the things we've talked on the show a few times. Sierra Nevada was like an entry level beer for a lot of us. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I, I usually sure. ask this same question every show um, to everybody. So um, Kev, Paul, um, Nick's still here. Yeah, he's yeah, still here. here. Nick's still here. Um, yeah. Was, and, and and Kev, you kind of already told us what was like your first craft beer that got you into craft beer. What is the style that you truly, really enjoy the most? And now, what is one of your favorite beers? And we'll, we'll start down here with Kev. Well, I'm up here on my screen, but oh, I believe okay. you. <laughs> and he's, he's over here on the stream. He's You're my lower here. left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sierra Nevada, without a doubt. First one I remember drinking. Um, I definitely uh, lean more towards a Pilsner lager um, type beer. Um, I would say the beer that I like the best, I can't, you know, again, I, I don't like to 
pick favorites with with my children, but um, <laughs> I uh, I like our hoppy lager a lot, um, which is a hoppy lager. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd say that you know between the pilsner or hoppy lager, I would say those are those are the two that that I would you know want to pour myself the most. Cool, uh, Paulie. Oh man, well yeah, I mean again, Sierra Nevada, uh, funnily enough, and then also right around the same time uh, was Blue Point Oatmeal Stout. Blue Point used to uh, distribute yeah. used to distribute growlers, and yes. Uh, yes. I was at Stony Brook University, and Stony Brook Beverage had uh, had they had growlers in their walk-in. You can just go in and grab the sealed growler, and wow, like and uh, that yeah, those two beers, um, and then from there I basically went real hard on belgians like for a long time um yeah so now, honestly you know i don't think i've ever drank one with you before yeah no probably not a single one <laughs> <laughs> probably not a single beer um yeah i mean uh, you know I, i've kind of i've had my phases with with all styles i mean right now you know from a five boroughs standpoint the the whole lager uh it, they really brought me around to the whole lager game i mean it, it, you know, working in a brewery, <laughs> you see uh, the loggers become become the beer of choice for for a lot of the people that work there. And, I, and, and that is, I, for me, that is so good to see yeah. because going, you know, instead of all the adjuncts, everything that's been going on, and, and you know, you, you're putting friggin' bamboo shoots and and kitten and kitten farts in in a beer. I love that IPA. Kitten fart IPA is that's the best. A, that's a quiet. Yeah. Now, does that lower the yield kitten farts or? It's, that's why they don't make them because you, it's, 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 it's a little higher pH balance. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And, and that's great to see that, uh, you know, more breweries are actually doing lager style and Pilsner style beers really well, uh, especially here in the New, New York tri-state area. It's um, a lager. I think that's big. Like, I made my rounds on, on the craft beers and you know what, like I'm getting a little tired of it here and there. Like when I'm just trying to coast. Just want and a nice fucking lager, right? I just want, I just want a lager. And, yeah. and having that option with, with the craft breweries now is, is a game changer for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, what was I had a follow-up question to, to Steve's. What was that, that first beer that got you into craft? Yeah. For me? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm I'm slightly younger, um, yeah. Yeah. so Sierra was not my first, but um, Hoptical Hoptical was my first oh. actually from from Blue Point Brewery. Um, at the time, it was just like such a so different because it was super hoppy, like right off. And it was the high ABV. Yeah, was that yeah. was that the reason? Yeah, yeah, that, that was too. high yeah. ABV, yeah. super hoppy. I was and, drinking Hoptical Illusion when I was telling myself I didn't like IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> but I really liked Haltical Illusion because it was like eight and change by volume. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. the first real double IPA on the Yeah, line, for yeah, sure. Yeah. There was, I mean, Southampton may have done some stuff beforehand that, oh, yeah. that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't familiar with. But as far as like it being readily available, Optical Illusion was, was a big deal. Yeah, yeah that, that got me hooked for sure. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Rosie's, I would get a Hoptical Illusion uh, at Penn Station at Rosie's Pizza. That's it. Yeah. And I would jump that on the train on the way home and pass nice out before slice. my stop. Get that road bad. soda with a straw? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's better Follow than a question to, to Steve. So Steve had said, you know, like, what, what's your, you know, what got you started? What's, uh, what's a trend you wish, a craft beer trend you wish would go away? That you Ooh. see, like, you know. That's for the table. Anybody can answer. That's a hard one. 
That's Dev doesn't want to answer. <laughs> I think the gimme is beer influencers on social media. I don't know if that's a tough one. I mean, because there's there's positive points to almost every style where you can take it in a different direction or do something with it, right? So if you didn't like a, let's say a quad, freaking uh, pastry stouts, get rid of them. I hate those no. things. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Isn't that all you did? <laughs> we did get rid of them. You got rid of them for those us. Are, you yeah. know, it's funny. Those are not the beers yeah. I like from Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I'll throw one out there. It's a curveball. When when is it? When one of the hazies done? When's that going to be? When's that trend going to? God, I hope never. I'm not sure if they've even peaked yet because there's not as many people. Like Pete was just saying, that's, with his that's scary if we haven't reached peak haze. No, <laughs> I don't think we have. I don't. I think there's still a lot of uh, people that have not ventured out of their macro beer comfort zone and tried it. And went oh oh snap! So at one point. Uh, there's going to be another wave, I think, of people. At that point, are we doing, you know, super haze? I don't know, but maybe we've cleaned it up a little bit. I mean, I still enjoy uh, a good hazy every so often. I can't drink, you know, a four-pack of them. I appreciate the people who are doing double IPAs, but they're not haze juice bombs. Mm -hmm. But I still love a good juice bomb. I mean, every everyone's going to say, I, I can do that, you know. But I can I do a four-pack? And I do six of them at a time can i crush them on a eight boat fishing yeah i'm yeah, in the same pack. boat for sure <laughs> well, I, want one, I want one to taste and then you know i gotta switch it up after that i'm kind of go glad everybody stopped doing the one up like for a while there when when the west coast were going crazy and it was like 100 ibus yeah, the yeah. IBUs. Oh, yeah. it was just like okay enough like playing poker uh, you know, raise it double huh? triple quads you know Six tuplet. Ooh, I don't think that's been done yet. Yeah, nineteen and counting IPAs. Hazies are going to stay around, I think, because you know they're the, those people that don't like bitter beers, but they like all that hop profile and that is true because they do balance out, and and you can get somebody hooked on on that, like as an intro to to more bitterness for sure. I can see that, that guy. It's yeah, I'm that guy that's suckered in by uh, by juicy IPAs. Yeah, yeah, because you got the fruit characteristics without adding fruits. You know, yeah. Pete was uh, totally right. anti IPA, so his entry level beer uh, was a, a hazy, juicy IPA. So for him, then he's branched out from there and started, you know, experimenting a little bit. You know, like any good person does after he gets his little taste. Yeah. And ends up, uh, you know, exploring his palate a little more. And now, you know, we at most of the beers that come into the studio and that we bring in for shows, he's like, oh, okay, I could do this. You know, I know you still don't like your super bitter West Coast. Can't um, do it. That's my jam, though. I love. Oh, I'm, man. I'll take a 8% or West Coast any day. I think I was yeah, having I such a tough. Oh, go ahead. God, I'm go sorry, Kev. No, I was going to say, I think I was having such a tough time with the question because. I think that's what makes the craft beer industry so great is that like yeah. you, you have all these trends and like, yes. you really like, you can do whatever you want, you know? And like, just because it may not be a trend, but you can, you can explore something and try something. And um, I, I don't see any, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm being pretty genuine. Like, I don't think there is such thing as a negative trend in the craft brewing industry. I think like the fact that we all do different stuff, but we all do the same similar things. It's all just kind of what makes the craft beer industry what it is. And you I know, see who, a different who's approach be for that each entry level style. Beer? Yeah, which entry style is going to be for yeah. anybody. 
somebody could be a pilsner and you're like, oh crap, I don't have to drink, you know, Bud Heavies or Bud Lights anymore. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. someone will like a sour. I'm like, oh, I can drink beer. This is a beer. My wife we get, like that. You know, we get, we get a lot of people in the tap room that, that kind of um, drive past and they, they just think it's a bar. So they stop in and they, they'll ask, you know, do you have something that's close get a to Corona or something? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like, you know, what do you have that tastes like Heineken, you know, or, you know, Corona or Coors Light or anything like that. And, that's a fun challenge for, for us as brewery employees and the bartenders, you know, love it as well, where they can go through our portfolio. You know, we usually have 16 beers on in the tap room and, um, you know, someone can walk in and say, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that. And we'll usually have something that they'll, or, you know, we get a lot of people that say, I don't like beer, but I'll try something and we can maybe go and give a sour beer or some, one of our fruited beers. And, and the person, you know, nine times out of 10 will go, this is beer. Yep. You know, and, and their Good perception for is being adventurous enough to say, I don't like beer, but well, they're with their friends who drag sure, them to the brewery or whatever, you know, and I mean, we, we've got the wine. Yeah. <laughs> um, better when you can convert somebody though. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, yeah. we see it, we see it in the tap room, yep. not, not recently, but we see it, you know, all, <laughs> all the time. So it's, it's, it's one of my, when people ask me like, what's your favorite, and I think Blake probably says the same thing. Like, what's your favorite thing about the tap room or the brewery? It's that. You know, it's yep. converting a customer right in front of you. Yeah, um, because they have this preconception that beer tastes a certain way, and then you give sure. them something that's been well crafted, and you say, "Here, just try this." Uh, yeah, but it I tastes nothing like Bud Light. I promise. <laughs> like, holy cow, that's really good. Yep. Is there's really nothing better than that? Nick, going back to uh, Steve's original question, what what's your go to right now? Go to um, you head into a distributor. You're looking around. You're like, I want this. Yes, nothing no. that comes from where you work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. To to be honest, Steve, you brought it up. I actually I, I picked up uh, some of those Dubco lagers. I, I've I've been liking the uh, I've been liking the lager trend and and the Pilsner trend for sure. Uh, I've been I've been sticking. You know, I'm a seasonal drinker. I, I drink a lot of beers. Um, I don't I'm a daily drinker. <laughs> yeah. By <laughs> seasonal, you mean you drink every, every season. season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every season. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I like the lighter stuff in the summertime. Um, I'm, I'm sticking with, with that. I, I haven't dived deep into the, the beyond beer category yet, but I know everybody's doing the, you know, I, I've seen uh, some seltzers come out. I've seen some other stuff. Um, Are you talking about Joe from WA Mead Company that's doing his take on Mead seltzers? No, I didn't see that. Uh, that check it out. Dude, that's I had that Spritzo again, that uh, cream skull one yesterday. Yeah. Fucking delicious. <laughs> I, I you should never go to buy a seltzer, but man. I would the, no, uh, I will not bring I cannot bring myself to buy a seltzer. Yeah. But what's that, the ABV on those delicious. mead seltzers? They're like uh, four. The mead, the mead, the mead spritzos, the spritzos, yeah. Spritzos good. Is oh, is yeah. Barrow's going to go into the seltzer market? Ah, I'm sorry, Steve. Your mic keeps cutting out. Ah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's your answer. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I'd say that we're not opposed to exploring anything at this point. Nothing's off the table. It's all possible. Why, I mean, why not? Same thing like you said before. You know, it, you never know where it would lead you to something new that is a 
crossbreed of where, spritzer and beer. I mean, yeah, it could that's be, also where the I mean, demand is. You know, I yeah, talked to uh, to Mike from uh, from some guys, and like, he cannot keep that shit in stock. Yeah, we've got a beer. You know, we've got a, or, we've got a beer coming out in like two weeks, which you know we're hoping is is great timing for uh, for the season. But um, we've got a, a shandy coming out for the first Ooh, time. I do like um, shandies. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. We had it. We had it in our tap room last year, um, and I mean it. It crushed in the what, tap room. I mean, what's the name of it? It's called Sunset Shandy. Okay. Um, it'll be in six packs, uh, twelve ounce six packs. It's going to have a similar color scheme to the to the summer ale, um, but think uh, a lemon instead of a sun. Um, nice. So it's a it's a lemonade flavor on a on a light lager, um, and you know it, it did really. It actually that was another beer that we made about a keg of it. I think last year or two years ago for our anniversary party for the employees to kind of sip on during the day. <laughs> you know. Three percent uh, lemonade and uh, uh, sugar. Um, we call so, those lab rats. Yeah, so that one test, uh, test population. We did it for the tap room for last summer, um, and even a little longer into the fall, and it, it sold extremely well. So nice. uh, we're going to put that out, and hopefully, you guys see that out in Long Island. Uh, you know, sometime in July, probably. I want to. So. I want to quickly talk about popular lately too for the summer. That's yeah, yeah. Like a yeah, it makes sense. Emerging, right. I don't, you know, I don't know if trend is the right word, but that. Yeah, a style like, that I think is getting some more attention lately. Yeah, line of Kugels and Dells, right. you know, folks like that have had them around. But, um, yeah, I think some of the craft breweries will start to see, you know, kind of experiment with something that's, you know, not quite a seltzer, not right. quite beer, you know, kind of kind of in that in that kind of, kind of And range. your equipment is all set up for, to do that process, correct? So you don't yeah. even need to change any major components. It's just, nope. just another brew cycle. Yep. And it, the ABV on that was like three three percent or something. Yeah, I think it's going to come out uh, under I four. Wish, it's going to be right around four. I mean, most right of our four, yeah. yeah wow. I think it's I think it's hard to it's hard to sell a beer much lower than that. Um, yeah. Without people kind of being beer. like, you know, what's what's the point at that point? But I think I think we're going to come <laughs> Drink in seventeen of them. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think our goal is. Uh, our goal should be, you know, right around, right around 4%. Nice. So, uh, so I, I've been drinking for the last, uh, 20 minutes here, the, um, the lager, the German noble lager. Mm-hmm. And I like what it says on the back cause I read it before and it said brewed for rooftops, brewed mm-hmm. for backyards, brewed for cutting out early, brewed for staying like out late. One. Yeah. Brewed for the avenues, brewed for the trails, brewed for today and brewed for tomorrow. It's, it's an ex- that's exactly how I would enjoy this. This is something I would take with me to those places, to those moments, because it's clean, crisp. It, it drinks very well. It's not over the top kill you. Um, I've been doing a lot of traveling in the last few weeks because we can't do anything around here. So I've been going upstate and doing my uh, hiking thing. And every time I go hiking, I bring a beer and I totally forget to take a picture every time <laughs> to post. But it's, it's that Never beer. That, that's the beer that I would probably take with me I liked uh, it a lot. on the next trip. Yeah, it's, it's great. Tell me a little bit about um, so that's a, that's a That's a perfect example of a beer that was made on our five-barrel system that was Ooh. destined for the tap room. Destined um, for greatness. And then uh, the the current situation happened. So uh, being able to quickly pivot, we said, "Well, we've got five barrels of this delicious German noble lager that you know might not see a tap room for a good bit of time." So um, whipped up a label and and had the cans in house and got it into cans, and that's been something that we've sold now 
that's an exclusive brewery only to go beer. Um, that's crazy. So, like I would have um, never probably been able to catch it in time to enjoy it. And I'm happy yeah. to get it here. It's, it's delicious. And yeah. I'm so um, might be one of my new well favorites. Done. Well done. Yeah. It's been, it's been selling, you know, extremely well again, limited, you know, super limited brewery only batch. And, uh, it's, you know, people are, are, are loving it. So, um, and so including, those, those, including the employees. Yeah, of course. Because it seems like every brewer loves a good lager. I mean, every time yeah. we speak to people, uh, you know, one of their favorite styles, you know, making lagers great again. Why can't we bring lagers back? Well, obviously, as a, uh, a brewer. You're with it. You're with it. Make it lagers great again. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying. I mean, that, I don't like the. I didn't come up with that. Some, one of our guests said it, and I said, I, I get but it. Can I we make lagers more? <laughs> well, they would love to. That's I fair. think a lot of the breweries would love to make yeah. more lager because yeah. they love the style. But the thing is, it doesn't sell as fast as the IPA. It doesn't sell as fast as maybe the stout or the, the sour. I mean, that's. And it ties up your tongue longer, too. And yeah. it ties up it's everything. Right. right. So they would love to have better lagers, but they just can't. It's not part of the repertoire. Yes, we've, the, got a, we've got a bunch of great breweries, luckily, right around us. And we're oftentimes borrowing something or, you know, you know a delivery doesn't come. And, and you know, we're oh, the breweries are always trading, like, thanks for the help. Here's a 12 pack of our lager, you know, and I mean, that's bonus like, you know, yeah, nice. whether it's, whether it's awesome. strong rope or threes or other half or, you know, whoever we're borrowing or they're borrowing. I mean, it's, it's the continual trade of, of what lager you have. Wait uh, a second. Other half doesn't make lagers. Come sure on. They do. They, no, they I know they do. Do. I, but they, they, they do. don't promote it. No one puts yeah. pictures up there about it. <laughs> so they only get this stigma of like a single and double IPAs, hazy's old days from other half. I, I mean, that, that's what they're known for, obviously. Sure. Um, but think, the other uh, ones you mentioned are, well, are important too to the area, like Threes and Strong Rope. I've been to both of those breweries uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, great lineup, great boards, uh, awesome beer. Threes has yeah. got a really cool space where they have, um, you know, food. They have an outdoor space. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Strong Rope is a little smaller, obviously, but it still does private events. And yeah. again, same great little spot. Um, and, and so you're kind of fitting in with that little community, which is nice. So yeah. when people go to you know, the Brooklyn area and they want to do a couple of, uh, you know, bar hops around. It's important to have, yep. you know, a couple of breweries they can go to stop and use stop. What's, been, what's been great seeing lately is, you know, all this, this to go uh, mentality, which, you know, has, has really been, been helpful for a lot of breweries, but you know, I'll, I'll be running ca uh, cans out to someone's trunk and the trunk pops open and I can see <laughs> a case from other half, a case from strong <laughs> rows, cool. you know, like, these people are, are making a run to Brooklyn and uh, and hitting all yeah. the. I mean, it, it happens more often than not, which is and great. That's to see, awesome. So. And yeah. then they're trading it out for well, they're trading some of it out to the West Coast for Great Notion and for 420 yeah. in Illinois and yeah. all. But it's true. I mean, which I mean, I gotta say, for the most part, the beer trade online, the underground beer trade online, definitely helps the breweries out, even though they're not sanctioning it whatsoever. Sure. Because it's illegal. Good advertising. But yeah. it's good advertising, right? And and yeah. what's good then, I mean, about, then it helps the tap room and it helps sure. the, the um uh what's the other one? The Tavor. It does. Because sure. yeah. people anywhere in the country can get their hands on they're like, oh I had And that's I mean that's a specialty for Tavor too, is that they, you know, they they will not target, you know, the tri state area with a five boroughs offering. You know, right. you can't even it won't even show up on their on your feed. You know, they they have a great interesting the way they do it. Because uh, I looked, you know, I was like, Oh, I wonder wonder if there's any five boroughs and you can't you can't find yeah. it i mean it's it's, now, it's 
the way they do. Do you guys do any um, besides? Do you, you guys do home delivery or? So we, we started shipping um, about two weeks ago. So um, with the kind of relaxed laws, um, New York State now allows us to ship beer directly to folks. Um, we didn't get into the into the home delivery game. Uh, we do the pickups from the brewery, and then you know our beer obviously out at at, at different um, places throughout the city. Um, now the, now the uh, online, uh, they could do that. People could do that right from your guys' website. Yep, yeah. and I mean the last the last two weeks, I would I mean. Paul, you've seen the orders too. I mean, it, yeah. it weighs kind of heavy on Long Island, I'd say. Yeah, yeah because we, where where we've been shipping our beer to, the folks that have been buying on the website that can't pick it up, I'd say, I don't well, know, maybe Westchester, really. Yeah, yeah I'd say, and a couple it's, couple it's capital area, yeah, but I mean, yeah. there's been there's been a number of Long Island folks um, that have been ordering, which has been which has been cool to see. It's good. And, and what we've we've had out here is a, a bunch of breweries that you know i'm relatively close to i can go out and grab it from them if i need to the other breweries are uh i don't want it's not a bad thing but they're not really shipping or delivering to your zip code for like another week or so so Mm -hmm. then you got to wait and if you don't want to wait and you have the ability for someone to ship it directly or deliver it directly um that's kind of what you go to. So, you know, yeah. when I went out and explored a little bit of what breweries could get it to me faster, as fast as possible, I'm on my last two beers and I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I need to stock up immediately. What are my options? That's go right onto the phone and figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big part of what you guys, like you said, a pivot point for what you had to do. Yeah. How, yeah. um, how much of that, uh, timing is necessary. Do you think for this delivery system, do we, do we leave it in there for the state for the rest of the year? Or do we, do we move it out once phase four kicks in? Like uh, I want to kind of discuss kind of post uh, phase one right now, as you guys opened up or did you um, uh, yet today, what, uh, what you see for the future or what you guys are planning on? Cause that's a big deal. Like you have to now start planning on how these things start moving mm-hmm. forward. How does the brewery, you know, figure that process out. Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, our, our hope is, is that we're set up for, for whatever, whatever kind of happens. Right. And, you know, we've got the shipping down, we've got the, the to go set up, you know, um, we're going to start doing uh, right now it's Monday through Friday to pick up. We're going to open up uh, this weekend, you know, okay. breaking, breaking news. We're going to start opening up on Saturdays and Sundays um, so that people could come by and pick up on the weekends directly from us. Um, Is this just beer to go though, right? Correct. Beer to go. Um, But just getting more integrated back into the way of, you know, you know, we've, we've noticed a lot more people out on the weekends and and looking for it. So we we saw the need for it. These last couple of weekends have been really nice. So. Yeah, yeah. So people are out for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think the laws, um, I think there needs to be a lot to look at. You know, I think a lot of the, the New York state in particular laws are extremely antiquated. Um, I don't think they're exactly um, with the, with the current environment. So I think that, I think everything needs to be looked at. I know that, um, you know, some breweries are going to be more, uh, uh passionate about it than others um i think that however we can get beer to consumers as easy as possible for the consumer and the brewery is the best way for everybody Mm. um and whether that's you know being able to ship it or pick it up or deliver it however they may be i will say as great as delivering is going to be i mean i told you the first thing i said this morning traffic was twice as much as it (laughs) it was i mean 
I know it's been great probably to drive around and deliver beer for the last couple of weeks, but it's got to be something that brewers are thinking about. Like, well, what do we do when there's all this traffic now yeah, in the city? Yeah, and right. it takes you an hour to get from one part of Brooklyn to the other. So uh, not to say that's a reason why we stayed out of it, but it's certainly something to think about when, when things kind of go back to normal. Um, how viable is, is, you know, brewery vans driving out to people's houses, uh, driving, driving beer around. Yeah, it was fine. Something when like DoorDash or Uber Eats, is that, is, is there any service like that for? Yeah, I know Caviar has been doing, I think Caviar actually does threes. Um, yeah. I could be wrong, but I think Caviar does threes, maybe Grim, a couple others. Um, again, all things we looked into, we, we feel really strongly with Taproom. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the folks that we've already partnered with and kind of left it there. Um, I've been seeing great stuff with that. Um, as of, you know, and just in general, our beer just is kind of at Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and places like that. So people can walk. It's easy for people store. to get it without having a, yeah. I and it was a little like competing, you know, competing interests and stuff like that. And kind of, you know, yeah. we had great partners kind of in place and, and kind of let them, let them continue to do it. Paul, what's I'm the really, biggest difference uh, for being in like a Trader Joe's versus a tap room service? What's the the biggest part, you know, um, I guess inventory wise or planning wise that you'll have to take care of. Uh, I mean, you know, Kevin really handles the, the, uh, what's, what's going where, but I mean, yeah, I obviously, you know, the places like Taproom, Trader Joe's, uh, we discussed before, um, Costco, Fresh Direct, you know, these, these places are taking, um, you know, when a bar is ordering one or two cases a week or something, these guys are taking 80, 20 <laughs> cases at a clip. A little yeah. bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, but you know that's really once it le- you know the way it leaves five boroughs is the same for us every time because all all those purchases still go through SKI. So, right. um, you know, they're they're handling all the you know breaking it down once ah, okay. once we send a pallet out. But I will uh, I, I will say like the communication is key though, right? Because I think that sometimes a lot of those bigger I think Taproom gets the small brewery, but sometimes the the larger chains kind of don't think about what like a hundred to one hundred and fifty to two hundred case order would do to someone's inventory. Um, So kind of communicating with those bigger suppliers and being like, can you give us a little bit of a heads up? Like, well, we won't run out, but you got to at least kind of let us know. uh, (laughs) Got a plan for that. (laughs) Yeah. Or you see that number come in and you're like, oh my God. (laughs) A little bit of that with, uh, with, with uh, city field last year, they they had tiny juicy cans uh, into city food, into city field. And, you know, it's, I mean, I, I come out of that business. I know how it goes. Like, if we don't have the beer ready, we're going to buy someone else's beer and, and, yeah. and they're, they're not going to, they're not knocking on your door again, you know? Um, so, so as you can see, I, I am a big Mets fan and I go to city field now a lot and yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things that really, uh, I was lacking in those, you know, first few years of the field was I, I was seeing Brooklyn, but there was no other smaller brewery presence in their lineup. And then I started seeing five boroughs and I started seeing LIC. Yeah. I was going to say, I think LIC went in. And that was, that was like important to me because then I would walk around the stadium for 20 minutes, just looking for the place that sold me the smaller craft brewery beers. Yeah. The four sections. Yeah. That is, it was they do one a good job with it there though. That's one of the best. I mean, it's, yeah. it's easily one of the best stadiums yeah. for craft beer. It's been noted. You know, yeah. I think, I yeah. think sports <laughs> illustrated wrote about it last year. Yeah, really? Um, yeah. I really wish they would expand it even more because I would love to see a great lineup representing yeah. New York city beers. Queens, Brooklyn, uh, yeah. Manhattan, Bronx, yeah. and Staten Island beers. I would love to see a, a little more presence. And, and I'm sure as 
they're selling the five boroughs are selling the IC stuff, they'll see it in their numbers saying, yep. Oh, well, this is working. I'm hoping that, you know, they step it up for the next year or maybe not this year, but next year. No, probably not. not this year. I've so, seen it pretty big on the West coast stadiums. Like they'll have a full out bar of can of 16 ounce cans. Yep. You know, it's, I think it's coming our way on this side for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. And minor league is a good place to if if you have yep. access to any minor league. Really? However, oh, uh, they just, actually you go to the Ducks. The Ducks. Uh, yeah, even the Ducks. Yep. yep. Have have uh, really some good craft beer. It's amazing. Yeah, up up in their restaurant at the uh, second level there, overlooking the field. I, I was there for uh, I had a gift certificate or something, and we went to dinner before a game, and I looked at the tap line. I'm like, well, holy! They yeah. have Greenport. They had some pretty decent. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, this is pretty interesting. This is starting to catch on a, in, in places that I normally doesn't. It's, it's a relatively affordable sponsorship for, for a smaller brewery. You're still getting a, a good amount of exposure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it fits into the sort of, at least in the Ducks, the Ducks being in an independent league, it yeah. fits into the kind of independent sort of, you know, craft localized, um, um, you know, right and yeah. not to knock it but you're not getting a lot of people driving from out of state to go see like a ducks game it's going to be those people in your community that are right. that are gonna right. no one from ontario's coming down to see that's what i mean i don't want to wow. put it in a negative light but that's true you know it's gonna it's gonna be the you know local population that's if they're gonna be able to patronize a duck game yeah yeah they're gonna be able to patronize a duck game they're gonna be able to patronize your breweries so right local people for right. local breweries yeah. So what do we what do we have in store for uh, five boroughs going forward? Uh, I think you know, still same quality, you know, good beer coming out. Um, as I said, the 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 um, sour program hopefully coming out um, before the summer. Uh, Shandy in a couple of weeks. Um, more, you know, more. I, I think as you know, we all know Long Island is starting to starting to reopen. So I think we're going to try to put some, put some big attention out there in the next couple of weeks and, yeah. and try to get some bars that maybe we weren't in um, previously. So I mean, telling you um, people are going to be running to outdoor restaurants. Yeah. And, those restaurants and I think it's, it's a time to kind of, it's, it's a kind of, I think a lot of bars are probably doing a refresh and kind of see, all right, you know, what's out there. So we're, we're trying to do the best we can to get our name out there. And who's been killing it during the COVID season that's now the, you know, the big name that they have to have on tap. Yeah. So um, that's big for us on Long Island and then just continuing to, to, to grow as much as we can. And, um, you know, like, like I said, from the beginning, the, the goal of this, the whole thing is to be New York city's brewery. And, you know, I'm not going to say that we're anywhere where, where that needs to be. Um, you know, we want to continue to make great beer and, and continue to grow and, get more people familiar with us and, and just have fun doing it. Now I've seen, uh, I haven't been in the tasting room, which is going to change uh, as soon as you guys are allowed people to be inside. Um, nice big area, big, you know, open area, which is awesome. Do you have an outside yeah. area that you can take advantage of? So uh, we, right before this all started, uh, we actually were in the process of getting a, uh, a permit for our sidewalk um, oh, okay. just to, just, just, to start the process of doing that anyways. Um, the city and the state have now um, kind of, at least for this summer, released the the need for any type of official permit. We're still gonna pursue it just to have it, but um, you know, we've got a pretty pretty wide sidewalk directly in front of the brewery. 
Nice. Um, so we're going to be able to take advantage of that and have some seats out there. There's also, I mean, the, the laws kind of change every day or the, the notifications that we get, like you were saying, Mike, earlier, like <laughs> yeah, these yeah. emails just keep coming in. But, um, you know, they're saying now that um, restaurants and breweries and, and such like can kind of take over street space as well, you know, parking yeah, spaces yeah. directly in front of your establishment. Yeah. Um, so there's all things we're exploring. And, you know, we've got a couple more weeks left before before it's upon us. But um, as we the news kind of comes out, we're, we're trying to take as much as we can in. And see we what have a bunch like. of towns here on Long Island that are looking into just shutting down Main Street and just putting yeah. all the tables yeah. outside Farmingdale, Patchogue, Babylon. They're all looking into it. Yeah. I mean, our, the street that we're on has like, to own okay. the tables, though. Which right. Is- that was only for phase one, I believe. Right, I think, yes, correct. I think once we move into phase two... It's you have to move into phase two in order to do outdoor dining, right. I mean, we're, we're lucky where the brewery is, at least on weekends, uh, 47th Street, uh, which you can see on the can mm-hmm. on the map there. Um, you know, it's a pretty heavy... Uh, it's a commercial street, and most of the businesses are Monday through Friday only. So on Saturday and Sunday, there isn't much traffic on that street. There's not many trucks delivering, things of that nature. So um, I think there is a chance for us to kind of spill out into the street a little bit um, as long as it's within, yeah, as long as it's within the, uh, the so, laws of the city and the state. So just to go back a little bit, our boy, Joe, uh, Bruzo from WA Meadworks asked uh, a question on our, um, our Facebook live. Facebook. Oh. Um, oh, so what, what was, uh, what was the size of the order you guys sent to city field? Well, I, I can't remember. I think the first, I think the first delivery was like maybe between 50 and 100 cases, something like that. 90 cases. There's no kegs. Yeah, it was 16 ounce. Uh, We made made Tiny Juicy for them only in a 16 ounce can, which again was the flexibility because we presented them our beers and they said, we want Tiny Juicy in 16 ounce cans. And we were like, it doesn't come in 16 ounce cans, but we will will do it it for you. Um, So... um, I think yeah, you're right, Paul. It was 90 yeah. cases, and then it was like 300 kind of, for the year. Roughly. Yeah, okay, 300 or so for the season. Paul, to follow Which up is, with that, we've had a, yeah. actually. I don't. I don't look at the Facebook feed as much as other. But you've been on the whole, pretty much the whole time. Um, but we had a guy, Travis uh, Bristow from Australia, tuning in tonight. Australia, yeah. I love sours. So back on the sour talk, he was saying what's up, and then Joe Bruzo, of course, just went crazy on the. Uh, the the crispy boys, other half filters, good. <laughs> yeah, we know. I, I'm not saying they don't brew anything but IPAs. I was just kidding. Did he? No did he denigrate any breweries? No, uh, no, no. <laughs> Stop it, Peter. I Stop like it. that brewery a lot. It's my one of my favorites. Um, but the town, the town, and uh, the city has to provide these these regulations. These they have to be really transparent and clear. Yeah. Uh, like we were talking about last time. Uh, of what you can and cannot do, so that way you can prepare accurately, right? If you yeah, that was that was the problem in Farmingdale this past weekend. Uh, we fucked it up for all of Nassau County. <laughs> yes, uh, the word, the word. <laughs> no, 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 Farmingdale, my town. Oh, we fucked uh, it up. I thought you meant me, uh, we like misconstrued us. the order for the county, and there, you know, I, uh, a bunch of restaurants were trying to serve people on, you know, outside on the sidewalk, and it turns out, yeah, that's not legal. There was a lot of questions about every rooftops too. Yeah, I saw something today about rooftops were interpreted wrongly by somebody, and that's not considered outside. And 
Really? And then it goes on social. I think it's because you have to go inside to go up there. I and guess. that's the problem right, right now. It is just there's really no set uh, anything set in stone. Such a fucked up time. <laughs> and we can all, all agree these to that. restaurants are having a rough time with it uh, because there's nothing that's being sent to them, you know, in black and white, basically telling them this is exactly what you need to do yeah. at phase one, phase two. Phase, you know, it's. I think, I mean, we're, I, I, I consider us as a brewery in New York State and New York City, luckily. I mean, we've got uh, the New York State Brewers Association and the New York City Brewers Guild, and which we're both, because those you know, we're both members and, and we have the, the staff of them that kind of navigate and can read that and they have the pipeline into the government and, yep. and people like that. So that's big to have that network in front of you. Yeah. Um, I before because we're we're starting to get closer to the end here. I, I want to yep. go through these two beers that I cracked. So the first one. Yep. Um, that since we talked about the lager and the uh, tiny juicy, um, this was the dry hopped Cascade Citra. Tell me a little bit about that coming in at six eight. Um, so that's another beer that uh, for it's been one of our you know core beers for um, since we've since we opened. We came out with that beer in Pilsner. Pilsner it's and a IPA clear were clear IPA, folks. Yeah, clear. It's West Coast. Um, yeah. My favorite. So again, that's a beer that uh, was draft only. Um, and, uh, was one of our more popular beers, but because it was draft only, um, kind of ran into a predicament where we said, well, we've got some IPA that's ready to be packaged, but we don't, you know, we're, we're not gonna be able to put it in a keg. So right. again, pivoted quickly, got labels uh, printed up in a couple of days and, uh, got that beer case into cans and, uh, case of drain did that, did that label. Steve on. Used to use, ah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, we got that beer out. That was a larger batch, so we got that beer out. Um, you know, to to accounts throughout the city in Long Island and Westchester, uh, which was exciting because that's you know a beer that we all love, and the fact that it was in a can for the first time, um, even though it was kind of a limited release, was still still pretty exciting for all of us. And then um, you, uh, we were talking about thank you before. So yep. uh, Steve's was yellow, mine's orange. Yeah, so there's four uh, four different labels there. Yeah, um, each one kind of uh, signifying a different uh, segment of, uh, of the service green. workers. Yeah, um, so that's a beer that came out uh, about two weeks ago. Again, 100% um, of the proceeds from that beer will be going to the New York City COVID-19 Relief Fund. Awesome. Um, so, um, you know, we're we're super excited about that beer. It also tastes really good as well. <laughs> um, so that's that's one we're excited about. Now, was that one released, uh, you know, through distribution venues yep. or was that? That went out um, to, uh, I don't, Tavor did not get that one, but um, that went out to our usual spots in New York City and Westchester okay. and, and Long Island. So, um, you know, Whole Foods, stores like that, your bottle shop on the corner. Um, I saw a bunch of places in Long Island posting about it. Uh, Paul probably knows them better than I do, but a lot yeah, of those. Yeah, I was going to say, because a lot of those beverage centers were posting about yeah. it that they had them in stock and stuff like that. So a lot of them sold out. Actually, I was trying to. Well, that's them. probably why. Yeah, I was. Nice. Say, Is that right? I looked <laughs> yeah. for some of them because I saw the post yeah. and I went, "Oh, I want to go grab that because I like a double." Yeah, and I was going to look it up and see who had them, but they more than um, likely by the time I got to it, it was like, "Nope, not no more." It went quick, so yeah. that's good. That's good. Yeah. Again, getting the name out Superstar there. Superstar Beverage and, in Amityville, and ah, they always have uh, shit. They yeah, always yeah. get I got some at Swift. Ah, okay. Never yeah, but, but the thing is, they get it. Belmore yeah. Beverage. It might sit there for three years, though. Belmore Beverage is that place. Yeah, Belmore. Uh, does it go to Dave's Cold Beer and Solder? Dave's um, Cold <laughs> Beer and Solder. <laughs> Not even douchebag. 
one of our buddies that came on year one, actually, uh, and we see him at all the festivals, and he has uh, Belport uh, beverage. Cold beer and uh, soda. Dave's cold beer and soda. And he always has. Yeah, we, we, we ripped him for quite a while. We made it like a a whole big country thing. Cold beer and soda. It was a Dave's good 40, cold beer and soda. It was a good 40 minutes of just ripping yeah. on. <laughs> hysterical. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough to find. Um, not it's not, that, not that, always a bad thing. No, but yeah, the, the, the tiny <laughs> juicy, good problems. the hoppy lager, I can get that right next door. It would be harder to find, yeah. you know, the, the 16 ounce ones, but which, that, is, which right. is kind of fun for us to play yeah. in, in that, in that, in that game as well. Um, and have those more kind of sought after beers that, that supply and demand. Faster, that's so. what it is. It, it yeah, I like the can buzz. art on hoppy lager. Yeah. That's that's right up my alley. Do you guys uh, you you've stated like a, a wide variety of uh, styles? Do you guys uh, focus on a on a certain style like for local distribution, or are you guys staying wide range for all yeah. beer drinkers? I mean, like I said, our our core beers are a Czech Pilsner, an IPL, you know, a Hoppy Lager, yeah. a West Coast IPA, a, a, a juicy. Uh, yeah. You know, four yeah. and a half session, everybody. Um, and a and a hazy, you know, New England style uh, IPA. So I mean, I think we're kind of like pretty Covered. pretty well yeah. spread out there. Steve always gets the shakes when you mention IPL. He gets the <laughs> gets the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> Maybe Steve, you should have called it a hoppy lager, and it would have been made one, man. He did. Uh, bro, he made a really good one. So goddamn really good one. The beer was so good. It's just because we put the huge name lager on it. People are like, well, I'm not buying a lager. So goddamn good. Hoppy lager. I mean, on on draft especially. I mean, it's some of our some of our bigger accounts that uh, that pour that in their in their in their places. And so. even like even since he made it, I think times have changed. Yes. Still, and I, I think yeah. that if he did it again, uh, it would have sold better now as opposed oh, to a couple crazy years. how fast that changes too. Right. It is. And, and, it's, and it was funny because we, at that time, we had so many, uh, you know, home D's and that saying, oh, man, we can't sell us. It says it's lager. And meanwhile, it was one of the hoppiest lagers you were ever going to get at 10% <laughs> um, ABV. And, and it was, it was a beast of a beer, man. We actually still, I still find every so often um, a four-pack somewhere. And at home, Hidden when gems. I see it, I just buy it. So, <laughs> um, and the beer still tastes good, so it's amazing. That's good, absolutely. Um, but when I dig about t- tiny juicy, um, for me is there's not a term for it, but it's a petite uh, hazy. It's it's something Ooh, you know. You just coined the phrase. Yes, new it's style. a petite hazy. New trend. It's, it's, it sounds so cute. It's hazy. It's got all that hop aroma that when you crack the can, as soon as you, as soon as you get it, you're like, oh, yeah. But it's only 4.5%. Um, in a little 12-ounce can, which I love also. Um, so, yeah, that's – you guys – I think you guys hit on the one of the top uh, petite uh, hazies. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Tra- just quickly checking in on uh, Facebook, uh, Travis Bristow from Australia actually says, Steve, you and me both, although there have been some very impressive IPLs here lately over in Australia, I guess that against What is your problem, Steve? You weren't brewing in Australia. <laughs> there it is. Nice. I mean, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> regions are different too. You're still going to yeah. have your 
your Czech pills and your lagers and stuff like that. Europe has its own style. And then um, imagine trying to introduce a juicy IPA uh, five years ago into Europe. People are going to be like, the fuck oh, is no. this? Yeah. But now it's starting, you know, it, it spans oceans and, and continents and it's kind of crazy. So as it finally, those trends catch up to uh, places like Australia, which is really isolated by oceans, um, you know, IPLs are catching on. People are starting to really enjoy those styles. It's kind of amazing. Hey, the hops that we put in our IPL come from New Zealand. So. Right, right. <laughs> e easy shipment there as opposed to going all the way from New Zealand to New York. It's kind of crazy. Um, let all right, let's, uh, actually, let me ask you guys. Uh, I don't know if you know, Kev. Uh, how's it been uh, getting uh, some of these sexy hops lately? Mm. Not, not. I mean, we're we're lucky. Um, you you have know, based on yeah, we're contracted out. So um, you know, our, our brewer and Keon actually went out. Um, you know, last year for the harvest, and we're able to kind of get their hands on some stuff that that sometimes other breweries might not be able to, or at least kind of be in the, in the discussions about it. So we, we, we have a great relationship with, with the folks that we get our hops from. So, um, hasn't been terrible. Um, and I think, you know, it helps with the amount that we're purchasing that, uh, that we kind of, you know, get the looks sometimes on that. Yeah. Uh, use New York hops at all? Or? Say it again. Using any New York hops? Yeah. I mean, well, uh, we do, you know, as part of the, license we have as a farm oh, yeah, brewery, you know you do our oh, farm yeah. so well, I mean, we're, we're a combined craft which uh and a micro know, we're we're both a farm brewery and a microbrewery oh, yeah. so um we're brewing at least you know 60 to 100 barrels of uh of new york state beer oh, nice. each year so oh, i didn't know that that's uh, great yeah does that mean you'll um, open a five barrows tap room in each of the five boroughs <laughs> that would be cool that's that was the question. That was like the early on questions. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Is each of your beer going to be named after a borough? And, you know, uh, that's that man. You guys, with that name, you actually have a lot of uh, leeway besides having the farm brewery license or the combo license. Yeah, you yeah. guys do a lot of different things. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we got Greg Kelly, uh, president of the. Uh, Long Island Beer and Malt Enthusiasts, or LIBME, checking in, saying hello. Hello, Greg. Hello. Yeah. So, Greg. Greg actually got chosen to create a collaboration beer with a local brewery, uh, Spiderbite. And uh, I think there, that's going to be coming out soon, right? Larry checked in earlier today. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like you said before, the Brewers Association, the New York City Brewers Guild. We have very similar things out here on Long Island yeah. you know, with the, the home brewing clubs and stuff like that. It's a big support group to kind of figure out, you know, our paths through all this and the reopening and what's going on. Yeah. Um, what I want you guys to do is just give us the big, you know, plug here um, about where people can get the beer, where people can find it, how they can order, how they can get through the next few phases and, and what the, the kind of the future of the brewery is going to be um, in the next, let's say six months. Let, I hope things don't go backwards, but if they don't go backwards, <laughs> what the next six months will bring. Yeah, I mean, I think easiest for us, uh, website is fiveboroughs.com. Um, you can get to all of our social media from there. Um, you know, order beer directly on the website for pickup or delivery, um, you know, shipping within New York State. Um, stay tuned on our Instagram and Facebook. We always post about new beers, new releases, things like that. So um, we also have a newsletter which comes out. Uh, we try not to bother you too much with it, but it comes out just enough to uh, keep Keep you keep us on your mind. How do people get um, a newsletter? Is it is it an email sign up? 
Yeah, on our website, you can go to fiveballers.com and just okay. plug in plug in your email there. Um, and uh, yeah, just, you know, come see us in the tap room. We'll we'll be sure to post all the times and hours and rules and regulations as soon as <laughs> uh, as soon as uh, as soon as it's all figured out. But I'd love to see folks out there in the tap room make a make a Brooklyn day out of it and hit a couple while you're while you're there. Um, Not a bad so, idea. Yeah. It happens a lot. Yeah. Come to come to us first though. <laughs> you don't want to open last. any more trunks. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to open any more trunks and seeing everyone else's beer in there. Like, God damn it, they could have got two cases from me. But well, like a, lot of my, a lot of my friends are always like, oh, we're going to do a, a, like a brewery crawl for my friend's birthday. And I'm like, yeah. cool. I was like, coming to us first. <laughs> always first. Yeah. Always first. Always so. first. All right. So check them out. It's uh, Five Boroughs Brewing Company, brewingco.com. Uh, the website is fiveboroughs.com. Five um, okay. Instagram is fiveboroughsbrewing. Okay. Um, but what, one of those two will get you all the information. So. Nice. Type it in the Google machine, and I think it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. It'll work as well. Paul, any uh, words of wisdom moving forward here in uh, the future of the company? Words of wisdom? Uh, <laughs> don't drink as much fiveboroughs as you can. I'm the me. guy who wants to see the money come in. So come yeah. on. Watch your fucking hands. Come down. <laughs> order online. Go down to from tap room anywhere yeah Whole Foods, trade Rose, do it all now uh yeah no i think uh you know just as as kind of a newer employee um and still you know uh becoming a fan became a fan of the brewery i think it's it's just a good tasting experience for everybody we got we've got something for everybody we've got a nice nice array at all times and uh just looking forward to uh Feeling that energy again, seeing people in that in that space, and uh, I, I, I do have to say, um, I, I've known Paul for a while. Uh, he used to be a regular uh, at at our brewery in the tasting room. Him and his wife Rachel, and um, he always had great beer. And we we would do bottle shares in the brewery, sometimes way way too long, yeah. and and but once he got over to five boroughs um i was like all right well if he's taking a job with these guys they, they got something going on and i was right uh everything i've had so far from five boroughs uh great stuff uh, i'm i'm actually happy that i was able to you know have some of the beers right off the bat that were were kind of new and um it's always just a great Great job by the, the brewers there, and uh, I'm I'm really interested to see where you guys are going to go. Yeah, because um, you're already doing a great job, and I think yeah you 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 know you could be the New York City brewery man one day. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate appreciate those. Oh. That will be your manifest destiny, as I said Definitely. before. Manifest. Oh my God, that's a Great term yes. back from high school, huh, man? That's a, that's a new beer, by the way. That's coming out soon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> labels are already made. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I won't ask for any royalties because I appreciate the beers that we got today. So thank you very much. Yeah, um, that's some beer, guys. Uh, Thanks, I, you know, I appreciate uh, breweries that do you know really good jobs on things, and uh, I, I again, my go-to, tiny juicy. I'll tell everybody. That beer is that's that's my go-to all the time now, man. And I used to I drink see. it all the time, but fuck that all-day IPA shit. <laughs> Tiny <laughs> juicy all day. No, I like Tiny Juicy way better than all day. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Nick, oh, uh, give us the off. last big plug for uh, Rosie's Draft Solutions. Yeah, uh, real, where people can find Rosie's. you again. 
Yeah, reopening is happening. So um, your favorite bar and restaurant, tell them to reach out to us. We'll hook them up, get them a deep clean so the tap lines are tasting good for you guys when, once we get back in there. Yep, deep clean. Wash your fucking hands, wash your fucking keg lines. Yep, for sure. Two priorities there, right? And, uh, and um, you know, rosiesdraftsolutions.com. Reach out to us on Instagram, rosiesdraftsolutions. And, uh, you know, you can use that promo code WART or uh, 10% off of any of our services. So, yeah, That's thanks right. for you guys for having me on. I appreciate that. Thanks, for thanks so much around. for the support, Nick. Yeah. I told you two hours goes really quick. No, I did. I stayed on quick. I got caught up. I, you know, I was really interested in, I actually have not had any five girls beer just yet, but um, I'm going to grab that. We can change that. Yeah. We'll we'll send you some stuff out. I've been sending beer out to our sponsors illegally, but don't worry about it. Fibro's guys, I'll I'll take care of it. That's on me. That's all on me. Don't you worry. Um, Listen, Paul, Kevin, thanks very much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Thank and, you guys. Uh, explain a lot to the uh, audience, and uh, it'll be up on our uh, podcast platforms tomorrow. Uh, it'll be on Spotify, it'll be on iTunes, Apple iTunes podcast. It'll be on uh, the Hopped Up Network, which is our global network of podcasts from all over the country. Excuse me, all over the country and all over the world. Um, also, be on the Laughable Lap for the comedy element, and of course on GovsRadio.com. And of course, the video portion will be up on YouTube as uh, not only the live one went up on the Govs Radio channel, but of course on our channel, The Work with Mike, Pete, and Steve. Uh, go check it out on YouTube. Uh, Steven, any last words before we get out of here? Yes. It does that have uh, to do with crack cocaine? No. Oh, Some, good. Uh, All right, got something new tonight. I like it. Sometimes the cucumber is sweeter when you pickle it. <laughs> I like it. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I can only imagine. Steve, any last words before we get out of here? That was it. You mean Pete? Oh, well, I'm sorry. It's Pete. <laughs> I'll give you another <laughs> one. There's too many uh, people. Don't forget to have this. the vagina cut off your new dog, Mike. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Yes, I will get my pet spayed and neutered all at the same it's time. It's in the goddamn contract. It's in, it is in the contract, actually. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Again, guys, thanks a lot for joining us. The work with Mike, Pete, and Steve. GovsRadio.com. We out. Well, that's two hours of your life that you'll never get back. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please hang up and try again. This has been the Words on Govs Radio. I hope you're drunk enough.